What up? Yo, what's <laughs> happening? Oh, there's lots of stuff happening today. Happy morning. Yeah, happy, happy Saturday. It's Saturday, everybody. For us. For us, it's Saturday. I don't care what the fuck you guys are doing. This is my Saturday. I'm just what I'm going to say. It. it better be a Tuesday for you. If it's not a Tuesday, that means you're not listening on drop date, which means you're doing it wrong. Is right. that fair? Well, <laughs> yeah. I... Uh, I don't know. I don't. If they listen just to whatever just the hell fucking you want. listen. Just you know what? Just, just fucking listen. I don't care what day you listen on. It's my Saturday. I'm gonna. It, I got them Saturday vibes going, man. Yeah, man. It's a good day. It's a good day. And like the weather's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I think we're supposed to hit 61 degrees. Not today, but here in the next day or two. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I will say though, I got some vacay coming up. I'm super pumped about that. I know. Wednesday morning, flying out of Chicago. Head down, head down, head. Well, I guess it's kind of, it's down. It's down in west. So we're going southwest over to uh, Escondido, California. All right. Yeah, just a little north of uh, San Diego. Dude, we, uh, uh, so this year is so fucking weird with the whole, like, we're still pulling out of this pandemic and trying to figure out what people can do. Like, I haven't had too many issues flying. Like, I've, I've had to fly out to Seattle a couple times to see my kids. Um, but it's still, like... It's not the same, right? right? It's not the same as it was. And so um, every year, my family, we usually try to do one family trip with kids and then one trip for Steph and I to go somewhere. Um, and uh, and it's just like, it's just, it's just, it's been tricky this year. So uh, so Stephanie took a trip for her birthday and she did her thing. Um, and the, earlier in the year, I had to go out west a couple times uh, to see my kids. One of my sons was in a, a pretty rough car accident. Um, so I had my time out there. Um, but so this is our, our family trip with the kids and it was like, it's right on the shoulder of spring, you know? So it's like for, for me, my work wise, it's on the edge of like, do you really go or not? Sure. You know? Cause it's like, but it's like your pregame. It Get your relaxing you, you in gotta. before you bust ass. Exactly. Cause you probably, I mean, over, over summer you're working probably what? 80 hours a week? No, no, no. no. You're, so here's you're tailored back. Here, here's the thing, like, I'm not the typical small business owner who's just gonna fucking crush it all the time because I because I feel like I have to because that's what you do, and and um and not to say that that's not the way you should or shouldn't do it, but one of the reasons I opened up a small business for myself was because I wanted to have control of my schedule. Yeah, and and uh, uh I really like having my weekends. You know, one of my my favorite schedule is working four days a week, 10 hours a day. Yep. And I tell you what, that's what we do. We work Monday through Thursday. Unless there's a rain day, we pull up a Friday, but it's like we work 10 hours a day. My my crew fucking loves it. Who doesn't love having Friday, Saturday, Sunday off Absolutely. every weekend all fucking summer long? Wisconsin summer is like prime time to enjoy Wisconsin. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's like I like the winter, but this summertime here is just so fucking great. And, uh, and I want to just – it's my family time. It's my personal time, and I want to work hard. I we bust our fucking ass 10 hours a day, Monday through Thursday. And there's a lot of dudes out there that will be like, well, that's not working hard because I work six days a week, 12 hours a day. And that's great if that's your jam. But for me, it's like I, I'm i not trying to make a million bucks. I just want I want to make good money. I want to put some money away. I want to pay my bills. I want to live a good life. But it's, I want to live a good life. I guess yeah. that's the whole thing. Yeah, you know? you're, you're, not, you're not prioritizing money for your right now. Yeah. Now, so. I, I guess I've had enough experiences in my life where, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, when somebody dies, yeah. you know, you, you check in and you're like, am I really living the life I want to live? 
And, and uh, it's one of those things for me, it hit home hard enough to make me just really think about like, I could be gone tomorrow. Sure. You know, I could step out of the studio and uh, walk out the front door and something fucking could fall on my head. You know, it's like shit happens. And, um, and so the moments I have, I just, fuck, man, I want to make the most of them. Like, that's the most important thing is, is like to live the life we have. You know, um, my son, uh, who, uh, who was a stellar young man, um, <laughs> we just, we just uh, sat down with him for a little while. Um, I guess the cat's out of the bag now, but that's what it is. Uh, he, I remember his, he had, you know, you have a screensaver on your phone. Yeah. Right? He, uh, um, his one time I was, picked up his phone. He was looking at it and I saw a screensaver and it says, you're going to die. And I was like, that's kind of morbid. And he's like, no, no, no. It's like, it's, it's like that whole YOLO cause he was young, but it's like, he's like, it's just a reminder every single day that like make the most out of what you sure. have right now. At a young age, I was like, he fucking, I don't know, to this day, he blows my mind just because he's a, he's a mature kid and he's thoughtful like that. And he, he I think he kind of gets it. Like he was going to live as much as life as he can live, but he doesn't go like to the extremes of it, you yeah. know? Um, so, uh, it's like, it's just, I don't know. It's just the way I want to, I want to spend my days. So that's, that's what you, that's, that's living. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and we, I think we covered this a couple episodes ago. It's like people work so hard their entire lives just to get to the point where they can finally enjoy it, but they can only enjoy it for, for what? A couple of years. Right. And what is that? What does that enjoying it look like? Right. right. Yeah. I, I don't so, want to, I don't want to be an old guy trying to trying to relive those those years that I worked all through no. you know it's like so you get to go on vacay yeah so, so I'm hey, going on vacay hey everyone this is being recorded <laughs> one week early so we just finished up episode 10 with Mr. Connor Landman who that was I, I enjoyed that episode quite that a bit that was solid man but we couldn't interrupt our listeners ear pleasure and miss a week so we're going to we record a little bit early here so Mr. Landman can Enjoy his vacay over Easter. You know, I didn't even realize it was Easter. It's a funny thing. It's like, it's a, uh, um, when we were looking at the days, it's just, it's over spring break. Yeah. You know, and so I, I had, I don't know, Easter is one of those holidays. When, once my kids got older, it was like, even as teenagers, like we'd still like, you guys would dye eggs and stuff, but it's not the same. Right. You know, it's like, um, if you have a big family outing that you usually do, then there's like, there's that, uh, tradition of having a big Easter brunch and hanging out with family and drinking mimosas, drinking all that shit that you do. Um, but when we booked this trip, it was like, eh, it's, it, it doesn't matter that much right now. No. Um, but we got a fucking fat house. Yeah. So you're, you're renting a house, right? Yeah. So when, um, we, we were kind of sh- looking around the map where we want to be, we want to play, be someplace warm. Um, if preferably by the ocean um and it, i want it to be an ocean that if i want to i can go jump in it um are but there, are there oceans you can't other than like the arctic <laughs> no, no no like like if you're on the coast um like if you're like on the oregon coast or something the ocean is so fucking cold oh sure dude it's like we traveled down the oregon coast um and it was like i'd never experienced an ocean so fucking cold in my life it hurt my feet when I walked in a barefoot, it hurt. Okay. Like that's how fucking I'm, and I'm a puss when it comes to, to, to a cold. I'm, I'll put it out there. Like I'm, I, I don't do cold really well. Um, but it was so cold on my feet. So I was like, 
I wanted to be someplace where it's going to be warm, where the ocean's warm enough. If I wanted to, I could go jump around, play around in it for a little bit. Um, and, and, and Florida's like, Florida's fucking crazy right now. So I didn't really want to go to Florida or mm-hmm. especially over spring break because it just gets pretty wild. So um, we all, uh, my wife and I both really like San Diego area. Yeah, it's super yeah. chill, um, nice weather, you know, and the ocean's there. So we picked a house. Um, we've got such a big family. So we've got so many kids. Uh, we picked this house like sleep 16 and it's got a, a pool and a hot tub and a basketball court and ping pong and bags and, and uh, uh, foosball and a, and a pool table and a fire pit and hammocks, like all this shit. So it's like... What I what I've found about vacations is that I've done vacations on the super cheap, and I've and I've done vacations like that are nice, right? And it's like oftentimes we pick the really nice vacations where we spend more money. In, in my view, anyways, it's like when um, like when there's less people. When you got a lot of people, we always did super cheap vacations because sure. everything is so expensive. Um, and this year, like my kids are so old. I mean, they're they're not old, old, but I mean, they're old to me. So it's like we got a lot of kids in our 20s, like three kids in their 20s. One of them's 19, 17, uh, 14, and 13, and they're just growing up. And and it, my mindset around this vacation was it's like, okay, so a lot of them, like, pretty soon they're going to have their own place. Yeah. They got jobs. They're going to, like, at some point in time, they're going to have, like, really, like, serious uh, significant others and, and all the shit that goes into growing up. And I just really wanted to have a place we could go to where we could just all just really relax and enjoy each other's company. And at the same time, enjoy each other's like space, you know? So if someone's at the pool playing some music and then someone doesn't want to listen to music at the pool, there's a whole other area of the house we Mm -hmm. can go to to chill out. And, you know, um, I guess, and that comes from years of taking years and of vacations on the cheap. So when we took that trip, I was telling you about when we go to a hotel, um, we, we, uh, oh, that's a different trip. Sorry. <laughs> There's so, been so many. <laughs> we took a trip with all the kids. So we had, there was nine of us, right? There's seven kids. And then Stephanie and I, and we wanted to go to Yellowstone and we we're going to drive from Wisconsin all the way out to Yellowstone. And we had a, a nine passenger GMC Yukon, and so we're fucking packed in there, right? Yeah. Like sardines. And the kids are like, they're just getting to that big enough stage where specific ones have to sit in the back seat. And then, and then, but if there's not enough leg room, then it's pretty cramped. And so it's, it was fucking tight, right? And then one of, um, one of our sons is, uh, he's got cerebral palsy. So he's got a power wheelchair. So there's that whole situation. And he's got a car seat. He was a teenager. And it was like, I don't even know what the fuck we were thinking. Like, <laughs> we're like, we're we're so, I don't even know, I don't want to say it's naive, but it's like, fuck it, we're just going to roll. We're going to see what happens. So we rented a U-Haul trailer to put his chair in and then all of our luggage. And then everybody else was just in the Yukon, and then we had some coolers in the Yukon. And, the, you know, it's like we filled the coolers full of, like, ham and cheese and, and tortillas and Miracle Whip and, like, just the cheapest, easiest food you could possibly have, lots of fruit, you know? But there was a few nights on the on the vacation when it was like, you're just so road weary, and the kids are fucking done, and you're done, I'm done, and it's like you want to like go and sleep in a bed and take a nice shower because we were camping the whole fucking time too, and so it's like we had set up tents with all these kids, and it was fucking bonkers. It was the coolest experience, but man, put it this way: at the end, 
when we when we were pulling back into into Baraboo, Stephanie and I are like we're all nostalgic. It's like I can't believe this trip is over, you know. And all the kids are like, "Let me the fuck out this car. <laughs> I want to see you people again." Like they they have told me over the years that that trip kind of scarred them. <laughs> like yeah. my my son Connor, he's like that that vehicle had a smell to it, and he's like I couldn't ride in it for months after that. He he wouldn't even he would walk someplace instead of ride in that in the Yukon. But so we would go to the hotel, and we were doing it on the cheap, right? Yeah. So you get the hotel with the continental breakfast because you're feeding nine, baby. Yep. So we would uh, we'd pull up to the hotel, and and three of us would walk up to the front desk, and we would book a room, and then we'd go back out, we'd get our shit, and tell the other kids where our room was, and they would meet us at one of the side or back doors of the hotel, and then we would all go up to the room together. So, because you can't have so many people in a room, like it's a fire hazard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's rules against this shit, and it's for a reason. I get it, but that's how we got around it. So they'd, we'd sneak them in through the pool or whatever, and so then we'd all sleep up in the room, and we'd like bring sleeping bags and fucking camp out on the floor. So, like some of the kids had the floor, you know, and we'd switch it off because there's usually only two queen beds. Um, but the the workaround with the continental breakfast, which was the beauty of it, was that. Everybody knows with the hotel, like the person that checks you in at night is not going to be the same person that's there in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter then. Like we all show up, walk down the sure. stairs together because they didn't know if we had two, three, or four rooms together. It didn't matter. We hit a Hilton one time. So we just, we were in Yellowstone and it had fucking rained on us hard, bro. Like intense, intense, intense. <laughs> Where, um, we're all huddled under this one big 12 by 12 pop-up thing that we had with us and it's raining fucking torrentially and it's getting towards the time we got to check out of our campsite and we got to break the tents down and Drew's in this chair and there's nine of us and there's little kids and we had a dog and like all this fucking shit. I mean, I don't think we had a dog then. Um, and so we get, we busted down and, and, uh, uh, we're breaking down the tents and we're wet and the sleeping bags are wet and the clothes are wet and we're wet and we're all pissy and we're driving out of Yellowstone and I told, I looked at stuff. I'm like, why don't we just surprise them with a, a hotel tonight? You know? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. So we, we pull into this. Uh, we found one. She was looking on her phone. We found one that um, not only did it have a continental breakfast, it had a continental dinner. Mm. Oh, my God. And it was like, it was a buffet kind of thing, right? But it was like chicken strips and spaghetti, yeah, and hamburgers stuff, and though. hot dogs. We pulled up under the yawning of this hotel. And the kids are like, what are we doing here? And it's like, oh, well, we had to stop here. We're going to get some directions to get to this other campsite. We're fucking with them, you know, because we think that's such a good idea as parents to fuck with our kids <laughs> mentally. And they're like, oh, can we just stay here? It's like, oh. And then finally we broke down. We told them we're going to stay. We didn't know there was a continental dinner because it, it was like 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We're checking in. And we pull up and we open up the doors and we could smell it and we could see the food. And it was Stephanie and I and two of our kids. And, and uh, they're like, oh, yeah, well, you came just in time because we got this little dinner out for everybody. And it's like, oh, that's that comes with a room? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, this is the greatest day. Like, we got everybody upstairs to the room. It's like, can we go eat? Can we go eat? Everybody's starving. Pile down the stairs, and we kind of split up. You know, because because, <laughs> because it's still the same person at yeah. the desk, so he doesn't want to see all these kids showing up with us, right? So we go downstairs and they're mounding 
chicken strips onto these paper plates, like like four inches tall mounted chicken strips, and they're just chowing on them, right? And, and like we clean the place out, and they keep bringing out more food. And then the kids like, can we bring some back to the room? I'm like, you fucking better bring some back to the room. We're on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> so they loaded up their plates and took them back to the room. They ate them all night. Like the next morning, they woke up eating chicken strips. <laughs> it was fucking crazy, man. It was awesome, though. That's good. Yeah. See, that's fun. It was I, a good time. I, I, I'm going to call my dad out. He's never going to listen to this. So it's fine. <laughs> but he's cheap, too. Yeah. Right? And uh, he and I decided, so my mom would take my sister's on vacations just the girls but my dad and i never went anywhere just the boys and so i must have been in college um he goes you know what i've always wanted to go to glacier national park let's go you and me I'm like okay he goes we'll take the amtrak out there I'm like okay so we did and this was right at the time so this must have been 2008 because all the flooding so the amtrak oh, was shit. fucking through all the dakotas mm-hmm. flooded and uh, so it was a long fucking train ride. But anyways. It's a long train ride. So we get out there and we had to rent a car and we're doing some hiking, and, but he wants to drive to some place and whatever, whatever. And it was an eye-opening experience for me. We were driving and he goes, well, I kind of want to go down to the Grand Tetons or something like that. I'm like, and I'm looking at the car. I'm like, yeah, but you're going to go past your rental mileage. Oh, that's back in the day when there was mileage on rental cars. Yeah. And he looked at me and it's the first time he's ever said that. And he goes, we're only here once. Let's just do it. He goes, it's fine. We're here. We'll pay for it. Let's just do it. Wow. I was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Who's this fucking wild man? <laughs> That's that, awesome. That was, that was my first experience with my dad of him actually being like, we're here. Do it right. Not cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a, there's a sense of pride in dads when we're younger. Like we're the cheap ones, I think. Like, not always. Okay, so I'm not going to try to bunch everybody up. In my mind, when I think about, like, who's going to watch the thermostat? Who's going to be closing the doors? Who's going to make sure the fucking lights are off and all that shit? Like, it was always me. Mm -hmm. It was always my dad. And it's just like, you know, those are like, you don't waste money. You don't fucking do excessive things. You know, it's like you just be smart. And it's like, don't touch the fucking thermostat. It's it's 54 at night and it's 63 during the day and put a hoodie on because that was me. Yeah. You know, but then... I got to a point as I got older where I, it switched for me and maybe it was the same for your dad. I don't know how old he was at the time, but a, a switch turned off that was like, um, it's that it turned on. It told me like, it's okay because sometimes there is more value in going and, and saying, fuck it. Mm-hmm. It's okay if we spend a little more money. You know, before it was like, um, it was like, you don't need to spend money to have fun. You know, I got, <laughs> I got a buddy of mine, his dad, they would go to the restaurant and and he would want to order seven up and, uh, and he, his dad would like, no, we're not buying seven up. You can have water. And he's like, but it, I just want seven up. And he's like, close your eyes and pretend it's seven up. <laughs> we're that was spending the extra dollar 30. It was, it was like that. It was like, we're not doing it. And it's like those experiences when we become fathers, I think they, they our memories of having that with our dads, um, like, uh, play into that as a dad. Mm. And so when the kids are young, 
for me, when my kids were young, it was like, um, first off, I had kids really young, so I was on a super tight budget as it was. We always did everything on a shoestring. We wanted to do stuff, but the only way we could afford to do things was on a budget. Yeah. You know, so it was always, it, it was, it was partially that. And then the other part of it was like, um, I didn't want to be irresponsible. Yeah. You know, it's like, it was always, um, like when my kids were really little, um, and even as they got older, it was always like my, the kids' mom or, or my, my Stephanie, it was like, they were, they were way more fun. Like they were the ones that are going to be willing to spend a little bit more money. You know, it's like, well, we're going to, we can do this. Yeah. We'll go to the water park. We can do that. And it's just like, it was always somebody else. Like, it's always like, it was, uh, it was like my, my role as a dad almost. Yeah. I, I get like, it. it do, do you do the bills at your house? Um, no, there's it's split up. Is it split? Yeah. Um, so my wife pays our bills, but I'm we budget together every month, so I'm very aware of where our money goes. Mm-hmm. So in the house, this is weird. In the house, she's very loosey goosey about leaving lights on, and I fucking hate it. Dead winter, she opens the garage door to get to our garage because she gets to park in the garage and I don't. And she'll like start taking stuff out there, but she'll leave the garage door open. So all oh the cold garage God. air is flowing yeah. into the house and shit That's like the that. worst. <clears throat> and so, and she'll open the fridge and take something out and leave the door open and go start preparing something. And 30 seconds later goes, so I keep turning the alarm on in the fridge. So it beeps after it's open. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> that's dad mode right there. So man. I'm super self-conscious or super money conscious and energy conscious in the house. But then I'm the one who like, I'm going grocery shopping and, there's a little <laughs> Hot Wheels car right there. I'm going to buy it because mm-hmm. so you're, you're, my kid needs a toy, even though he doesn't. So that's, I think that's different. I think those are like two different areas of finances. It's like when you go on vacation, are, are like, are you going to be the one that like, uh, that's going to splurge for uh, more expensive dinners and shit like that? Yeah. You are. Well, I would think so. So. My wife and I run on a, a tight budget as well. Yeah. So we haven't been on a vacation. The last vacation we took was before Lincoln was born, my oldest. So a little over three years ago. Mm-hmm. And we just went to Door County. But, I mean, it wasn't like I took the approach my dad took when we went to Glacier together. Of we're here. Let's just do mm-hmm. what we want to do. Yeah, that's awesome. So I think... I th- there are people out there that really are good at that. And then, and then like people like me when I was younger, that I just, I couldn't do it. Like it was a, a visceral reaction by spending too much money. Like if we went to the restaurant, it's like, I would automatically look at what was the cheapest thing yeah. on the menu. Yep. Uh, like always I'd be like, okay, so, you know, would I like to have a steak? Fuck yes. I'd like to have a steak, but a steak's $23 and a hamburger seven ninety nine. Yep. So I'm buying a hamburger. Now, that being said, having as many kids between our two households, you know, it's like, dude, Christmas time with with nine people in the house, it's like, it's it's almost wasn't even fair to the kids. Sure, to a to a degree, it's like it was a, a and and on 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 some level now, I, I think they understand it, but back then, when you're a kid and you want to have something for Christmas. It's like, uh, um, but you got so many siblings. It's not. It just doesn't feel fair. And I and I got it. But at the same point in time, the, the money just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, 
So, and so I guess part of me also having, like, I've got four kids of my own before I met Stephanie and we've got, she had three. So I was already pretty money conscious before I met Steph. But then when we got together, I was even more money conscious because it was like, we had to make it go so much farther. Um, so I guess circumstantially, you're going to have more of a lean towards being on the money conscious cheap side, yeah. you know, cause, and, and, but for me, it got ingrained. It was like, it, it was in me to like a level that was maybe unhealthy. <laughs> it was like, I would walk by and check the thermostat all the time. Oh, sure. You know, it was like, it was always like checking the thermostat. Oh, we could probably do a degree less. And the kids are like in their hoodies and shit. It's like, dad, please, it's cold in here. So, yeah, I mean, um, but it, yeah, as I've gotten older, the house stuff, I'm still pretty, like, I'm still yeah. pretty tight about, like, the door being open to that back porch or the fridge door being open to the thermostat or like somebody with a space heater on for too long. It was like, I'm still pretty, pretty tight about that. But when it comes to like vacation and, and going out to eat and stuff, I've changed, but I think it comes to a little bit older. You make a little bit more money. Yeah. And sometimes you just want to have, like, we don't go out to eat often at all. Um, but before kids, like Sam always looks, we go out to eat and she always looks at the dessert menu. Oh, it's the first thing she looks at. Really? She goes, oh, this looks so good. I'm like, okay, I tell you what. And this is so fucking, I don't know if misogynistic is the word. I think I know it's coming. Go ahead. But I'm like, if you eat everything that you order for dinner. You did not. I'm like, well, not like that. I don't say it like she's free, all right? Like I would with my kid. But I'm like, but like we, can, awesome. we can have dessert. But I said, before you order it, why don't you see if you're still hungry after dinner? Uh -huh. Because there's a really good chance you're not. Usually you're not. I know I'm not. And, and sometimes, you know, yeah, we would get dessert. And a lot of times she wouldn't, she would eat half of her dinner and be like, yeah, I'm really full. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. do you still want that fucking chocolate lava cake? Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you do. It's like, you know, the dessert menu is that weird thing every restaurant's got that like, I never, ever eat the dessert menu. Hardly ever. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like. The, the meals are usually so filling that by the time it gets to dessert, like I'm just, I'm too full. I can't really enjoy it anymore. So like it's, I think it's fun to go to a place and just have dessert. Stephanie's mm. really good at that. She just like get a cup of coffee and dessert. It's like a little, little special time, you yeah, know, and yeah, yeah. then you can appreciate like, like little village cafe. Their fucking desserts are on point. Like they got a carrot cake there that is ridiculously good. Cream cheese frosting, like, out of this out of this world but i never get it because like they their their meals and i don't know if this is a wisconsin thing or just an american thing but fuck we have huge meals at restaurants we have big meals and unless you make an effort to go somewhere that doesn't just deep fry everything our meals are so heavy yeah man yeah they're heavy on the gut yeah it, so yeah when, when i'm done eating it's like yeah when i was a kid i'd pound my, oh, my yeah. dinner in a milkshake no problem I used to, <laughs> I used to, we would get, we would go to this little place in Sauk. It was called the press box. Still there. Oh yeah. Great. Yeah. Been there. And we would order cheese curds. Like this is my hockey team. I'm talking. Yeah. We'd all get like individual orders of cheese curds and Mountain Dews. And I would bite the cheese curd. And so that I just had like a cr deep fried crust bowl. Cup, little cup. And I would dip it in the Mountain Dew. Oh my God. <laughs> the, oh. the shit we would eat. So. But it did, I bet it didn't even bother you. No, it was fucking amazing. Yeah. So, like, the, yeah. So, when I was in high school, 
we had a place called the station and it was a gas station, but they had this, this deli in there. Delis were big and they had pizza pockets. And so I would go and eat like three pizza pockets and they were like, they were just full of garbage yeah. sausage and beef and, and sauce and like deep fried. And it was just so crazy. And then I, I eat three pizza pockets and I'm like, ah, give me some of them nacho cheese Jojo's, you know, the little tater tot things covered in nacho cheese. That never bothered my stomach. Never had an issue. It never felt heavy, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, I don't know. We just burned through it so fast, but it was a different time. Yeah. There's a, um, there's a, a place here. Um, called uh the vintage brewing company down in sock now oh, yep and um their food i love i love their food tastes great but it's so rich like like they got a, a, a thing i don't know if it's still on the menu but it was like fried chicken and waffles yep and i had it once i could only eat half of it it's just so rich and powerful on the palate it's just like i don't know man, i'm just fucking an old man now i think yeah i've been there a couple times it was heavy. It was heavy. And I'm, I'm going to use the word heavy. Yeah. Heavy is heavy's a good word. It's like, yeah, there's no room. Well, and it's it's a brewery, so right. you're going to have a beer with it. Yep. You know, so then you add the beer to the food, you know, it's... um, It's just like yeah. when you eat it, it just like sits in your stomach and you're mm-hmm. like, I feel like I weigh a thousand pounds. Pretty much. But Pretty much. Good. Oh, it's so good. That's the whole thing. Like, um, they're they're like a of a, a really good nachos. Like their nachos, it's got like three different kinds of cheese on it and jalapenos, mm-hmm. and you can get the chicken or the beef or the pork. And it's just like while you're eating it, like I hate myself while I'm eating it because it's it's so good. But I know that when I'm done, I'm like gonna want to just like you want to just sit on the couch. Yeah, you know. But it's yeah, like, you don't want to do much afterwards. No, you no. It's just, when you go out to California. Um, so my buddy lives out there and I used to visit him like every summer during high school mm-hmm. when he moved out there, we'd always go to the, what's the cheap, like original fast food fish taco place. Rubio's Rubio's never, never been, been to Rubio's. No, never oh, been to hit Rubio's. up Rubio's man. I don't know if I can do fast food tacos out there. Is they, are they like OG tacos? It's like the original fish taco, yeah. Okay. It's fucking good. If it's if it's fucking good, I'll well well if I can find one, I'll check it out. But I'm kind of a taco snob when it comes to like getting tacos that are authentic. Oh yeah. Oh my god, dude. One of my favorite last time I was in San Diego, they like I was uh meeting my cousin and um I just saw this beacon of light. I had just eaten lunch. So I was full, right? And I looked down at the end of the block and there's a taco truck. <laughs> and it was like it was it was like black and it had all this pink and, and neon writing and shit on it. And I was like, oh my God, I could just smell it. And there's there's nothing better than a really good taco truck taco. You know, the corn tortillas and the pico de gallo and the fresh cilantro and the lime juice. And it's like shredded beef and mm-hmm. or chicken and it's cooked right there. And it's like they're slinging them. It's like a whole experience walking up there, looking up the menu, and you just smell like the wafting of the of the, of the taco smells are coming out of the truck. And oh man, so I had to have two chicken tacos, and I was oh full as fuck. But I will tell you, I took pictures of a lot of things on that vacation, but the picture of that taco truck is the one I can still smell. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, it's it's there's just something about it, man. It's just such a great experience. It's- so. I have two things. A, I want to talk about Americanized versus authentic food. But B, I was going to say with pictures, 
it's so easy to take pictures with your phone right now. Yeah. Does anyone go back and actually look at them? So I, my wife is super into pictures and I have like picture binders Mm -hmm. full of pictures in a closet that she updates every, so she prints them out. She prints them out. So every six months I have $200 charges on her cards from Mm -hmm. picture printing places. (laughs) So you will, you will like when you're, I will say one of my favorite things when it comes to photos and, and I'm so grateful for my wife because she's a photographer and she, she has keeps my uh, value of, of photography at a very high level Mm -hmm. because she takes such great photos and she, and we, she would make little photo books and she would print them and she would put new photos on the wall. And, and it's like, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have that shit on my walls, but I, I appreciate it so much. And as the kids are older, they'll come home and they'll pick up the picture books and we'll sit down and oh, it's like, sure. it's a, it's a, it's a fucking like, I can't tell you how many nights it's just my kids alone. will just sit on the couch and look, look at pictures and laugh and talk about memory lane, you know? And so I think like, there's there's a there's a few I think photo albums that probably you'll you'll get the photos and you won't look at them but maybe once every few years like wedding albums mm-hmm. like those are like you you want to have the memories and you want to capture the memories and it's really important and you send the photos to family and stuff like that but it's like I don't I don't know how many people actually look back at their wedding album right. you know it's like it's it, it's like for the kids like when your kids get older and you want to show them what mom and dad looked like before they were around. Yeah. Like there's that. And, and it's like, it's an awesome thing to have. But, um, and then like, uh, uh, when kids are babies, when you have a lot, when you, when, you, when oh, your yeah. baby's first born, you're taking so many yep. photos and yep. it's like, it's the same picture. Well, and, and maybe that's my, that's my problem with phones, especially like you can take pictures of everything and anything, but all I want is like one picture. To yeah. capture the moment. I don't yeah. need 70 of essentially the same thing, just slightly different. Well, see, and, and I think that the difference is, and I, and I, the whole, with Stephanie being a photographer, the whole phone photo culture that exists today, it really gets put front and center because everybody can take pictures. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then with the, the cameras on phones today, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, like 12, 14 I mean, megapixels, it's great, great photos, right? But, it's all about your connection. Yeah. Every experience we have is all about the feeling it gives you, right? And so when you can take a million photos with your phone, right? And it's like you're going to post them on Facebook and this and this and all these things. But when you have an experience around a picture, and I think that's why photographers are still so important, is that you can still, you you hire someone to do the work. You put yourself, it's very engaging. You think about what you're going to wear. It's an event you get family together and you're all sitting down and you're here together for this thing. Cause you're going to document something really important. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's like, that's that one photo. Right. You know, that's like, the, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. You know, I look at my wedding photos. I think after our wedding, we came out with, I don't even want to guess multiple hundreds of photos. Yeah. I need like five. Right. Yeah. I need five photos. I want one with my wedding party. I want one with my family. One with Sam's family. One with your wife. And one with my wife. Yeah. And then maybe one of the 
the party afterwards just to show it was cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. But I don't need seven of me standing there in the same position. Like, there's, it's just too much. It it is. It's 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 uh, uh because you're not going to look at all no. those seven photos. No, those are the ones. So again, if you make like a photo book, like 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 a coffee table kind of book. That's kind of cool because it tells a story. Sure, you know when it's in an album that you just stuff the photos in, and and it's like, um, and you in every like back in the day, every single photo, if you got five hundred photos or something, and they're all in an album, they tell a story, but it's like you're just kind of flipping through the right. pages, right? That's what's cool about the photo books that I like anyway. Is like, um, you get a, it's like one of the seven of you standing, you know a couple of the party of a couple people that were at the party that like maybe your best man giving a speech. Sure. Like it's a moment, right? That's where those extra photos go is in that thing where you can, you put it into a book and you can leave it on your shelf. And it's like, if it's on the bookshelf every once in a while, you'd be like, Oh yeah. And you pull that fucker off or you, your buddy comes over. like, remember that speech you gave? Oh, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I think that's where like, to your point, it's like, you need a couple, you want some good photos yeah that you can have a memory about, you know, that you can like, it makes you feel yeah. something there. I'm before cameras were digital. I'm assuming there was a lot more conscious effort into what photos were taken. Oh yeah. One of the things, Oh, here's a gripe of mine. When someone sits there with their camera out or their phone out to record a moment and they're, they're watching that moment through the screen of their camera That's instead the of just looking thing. three inches to the left and watching yeah. it in real life. Yeah. And who's going to, concerts are the fucking worst. How many times are you going to go back and watch that concert on your because fucking it, recorded? Yeah. It's fucking garbage video, A. You know, it never records the sound. Yeah. It never records the, like, you can't see the people on the stage that well. It's like, take a couple photos if you're next to the stage, fucking cool. But yeah, the, the like whole. Just be in the moment. So my kids would always, <clears throat> they'd always tell me when I, when I, when camera phones first came out, I had a sweet slider phone Ooh. a nice camera on it was like it's like a 3.5 megapixel yeah. like damn so they'd be like take a picture dad take a picture i'm like i did I'm like what do you mean i'm like i took a picture of my fucking eyes <laughs> <laughs> and, and like god it's so lame i just want a picture you know and so <clears throat> i was that guy it was like i would always tell my kids take a picture with your eyes like be here yeah. experience this yeah. like there you can't replicate that feeling in, in a, in a, like in a video, like, no. And in fact, I would, I would argue you probably lose that feeling by trying to record it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, one thing like at, at uh, school plays when they used to have school plays back in the before times, yeah. um, you'd see the grandmas and they'd have their iPads. That's even worse. I, I understand like you gotta love the grandmas and I know what they're like. They're trying to document things and they can now, but an iPad's fucking huge. Mm-hmm. So they got the iPad up there and it's got the little, <clears throat> the cover for it and that's hanging down too you're blocking the view from people behind you too there's something about when you're trying to experience something and someone in front of you has got their phone up or god forbid an ipad you can't see shit mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> so not only is that person not experiencing the experience by recording it on a phone or an ipad the person behind them isn't experiencing the experience either <clears throat> excuse me um one thing i will say though I've been to a concert and 
people used to do this with lighters, but they do it with phone lights now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah. When you see like all the camera phone lights waving in the audience, it's like it's that it's the same effect as it was with the lighters, just with the less right. lot less fire hazard. <laughs> right. That's different. That's totally different than recording the experience. And maybe this is why I mean, going back to why photographers are so important, it's like a concert. Just be at the concert. And then I'm sure there's some professional videoing the concert. Yeah. Like just make that available. Like relive it in an actual a well recorded yeah. video. <clears throat> With but good then, sound. But then be like you don't have to worry about to your point, you don't have to worry about it. That yeah. experience. Same with school plays. Schools should just record their fucking plays. And make them available for grandparents. Yeah, that that would be so much smarter if every single time there was a school play or there was um, any kind of event like that, they would just tell parents, "Leave your phones in your pockets. We're going to record this. Yep. You don't you don't need to take a picture of it. Everybody, keep your phones down. Enjoy seeing your fucking kid yeah. on the stage doing their thing. Because you know what? That's a big fucking deal. Yeah. When your kids in a play, they're so proud of themselves. I remember watching my kids in plays and I remember being in plays and you're scared and you're nervous, but you know, your family's there. It's like, it's something that you should be fully immersed in. Mm -hmm. to, and it's like, I get it. Sometimes when you go to your kids' plays, I remember that like after the 10th or 15th play, it's like, if it's like just a class play, it's a little bit different. Like sure. you're going to go, but, but if it's a, if it's a thing that your kid is super passionate about, they should just tell them, leave your cameras in your pockets. You don't need to yep. pull that shit out. It's a distraction for everybody. It's a distraction for the kids, and you're not going to get a good photo anyway. Yep. We're going to take got, a video. Yep. We've got three <clears throat> video cameras out of everyone's. No parents' heads are going to be in it. Dial up on the stage. Yeah, it's not going to be isolated on your child, but you're going to get the whole picture. Right. Enjoy that as the memory, because at the end of the day, you're going to send it to your grandma and then never watch it again. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, that's the whole thing. Going back to, do you ever look at that shit again? Yeah. You know, um, I've got Google Photos on my phone. Mm. And I will say, I really love the Google Photos because I, I, I don't take a lot of pictures, but I take enough, you know, and, and I don't ever buy, I don't, I rarely buy the, the phone with the big memory because it's that much more expensive. So with Google Photos, you can store your photos there, not on your phone. One thing they do that's kind of cool is like, you can open it up and they'll take every photo with a, each person's face. Like they do facial recognition. Mm. So then they'll separate them out and then they'll do like collages and then they'll do little videos. Like oh, sure, that sure, you sure. don't even have to put them together. They do it for you. Um, I, I, I will open up my Google photos now and then just to reminisce, you know, cause it's like, you do forget, you know, you oh, don't, yeah. you don't remember, like you want to have that feeling a little bit. And I think, I don't know for me, when I do that, sometimes it's, it's kind of a motivation to, to not forget that I need to take the time and take those moments to do those things. Sure. You know, it's like, uh, um, you know, when I, when I was in high school and college, um, my mom would, she always made such a huge deal about getting together and taking a family photo. And every time she's like, this might be the last time all my kids are together. And it was like, oh yeah, whatever mom. But She's right. Yeah. You know, there's like, uh, um, as I get older, uh, I realize that more. And I also realize like my sister's gone, you know? And so it's like, there's, uh, it's, it is important. 
Oh yeah, and I'm not done. I'm not saying it's not important, but your mom's taking one family picture. It's, yeah, it's that to one, commemorate it's the one photo that goes on the wall. An entire you know evening of whatever. Yeah, and then you guys are in the moment the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know we do the same thing. It, Christmas Christmas morning, my mom has to take a family photo by the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. But then once that happens, it's like okay, yeah, it move on, move on with the day. Yeah, you know, but I. Not to change subjects, you're talking about tacos. And I was thinking, I love me some good Chinese food, but I don't mm, know. Panda Express. Yeah, right? <laughs> so to that point, though, everything I feel like around here is just an Americanized version oh, yeah. of what used, what an authentic version would be so much better. What? So, so define can, authentic because... Well, that's what, I'm, uh, that's what I'm trying to get at is like, how do you know when you have something that's like... If I were to like taco, mm-hmm. if I were to fly down to Mexico and get a taco, how, like, would that's, that experience be different? That's the thing. You, I think that uh, more often than not, you don't know unless you've been there. Right. You know, like, let's say, um, so when I was working at uh, Donnelly, Perry Judd's, we had a lot of, uh, a lot of my friends were um, Spanish, um, Mexican guys. And they would bring in authentic Mexican tacos. And you knew it was a real shit because, like, all the, all the labeling on their packages and stuff like that, it was not in English. You know, like, they went to a store that only sold authentic Mexican food. It's a Mexican grocery. And so it's like, you know you're getting the real shit. Like, this one lady would come in and she would make tamales. And they were, like, the real fucking deal. They weren't mm-hmm. the frozen tamales you can buy in a box at the, at the grocery store and then go home and heat up. You know, these were like, they were, they came in in a big fucking bag and it was all wrapped in like, she had like towels in there to keep them warm and you pull them out and the steam comes pouring out and she's just like, how many do you want? And like, do you want them spicy or no? You know, and it's just like, you know, it's a real deal. But restaurant wise, like Chinese food, I, I think unless you live in a big city, you gotta, you gotta go someplace where you the culture exists, right. you know? So I, I went to, um, a restaurant in, I want to say it was in Chicago. In a little, I think the area was called, I think there, I could be saying this wrong, but I think the area is called Chinatown, but it's in Chicago. I'm pretty sure. And, uh, we went to a restaurant where like we were the only couple of white people in the whole mm-hmm. restaurant. And like, like the English that we got from our server was very broken English. And, the the menu I couldn't read the menu, I didn't I didn't know what it said. I just knew like I knew what I like I could look at the photos. Thank God, and say this is what I want. And this is what I want. Or they would help us in ordering something, and then, you know, it's legit. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that's like the the thing that. When, earlier we talked a little bit about when we went to Peru. Was that this one? I don't remember. These don't, all blend. It's all blended together. So. Stephanie and I went to Machu Picchu, and um, when, uh, uh, oh, it was early, yeah. Anyway, we're staying in Cusco, and um, we're uh, uh, we're really fucking hungry. So we're driving back from Machu Picchu, and we had hired a taxi driver. You can hire one for the whole fucking day there. See, things are super cheap there, too, like in, in, in uh, U.S. currency. It's super cheap. So we hired a taxi driver for the whole day, and he took us to all these different places, and we driving us back to this place in Cusco. And 
we had an Airbnb and uh, I think her name was uh, Miss Gloria or something like that. Um, I don't think her real name was Gloria, but that was the American name she used to let the tourists sure. like, feel more whatever. So we drove around this area of Cusco for like fucking an hour and a half trying to find this lady's house because it was like in apartments and there was like locked gates everywhere. We just had no idea. So we were starving by the time we found her place. And you check in and she wants to chat with us and she makes us some tea and it's like all these different things. And we get the room figured out and it's like, where can we get some food? Because we're so hungry. She's like, oh, go right down the street. There's a place right down there. It's like, okay, great. So we leave the apartment um, we walk like two blocks away and, um, it's interesting there, like there's little kids run everywhere, no parents, just like, and it's dark, it's nighttime and they're just running around doing their thing, ha ha ha, laughing and running around. Mm -hmm. It's like, holy shit. Like it's so different than our culture. Like, the, like little kids in the city like that in the dark, they're not running all up and down all these streets by themselves, like little kids, you know, no parents around. So we get to this restaurant and uh and we open the menu it's only pictures and and and, and it's the i can't understand the, the the um the writing and so i had an app on my phone that um if you hold the camera over the over the the text it would translate it okay so um we're trying to do it and it wasn't working like the it, the words didn't make any sense together so we just picked two things off the menu that we thought looked good <laughs> and it turned out to be tripe <laughs> In testicles. Oh, nice. <laughs> and and it was like, we ate it. Yeah. But you that was the real shit. That's what they eat there every single day, you know. So I don't even know why I'm talking about this. I'm just talking about, like, authentic food. It's like, I, you're not going to get that anywhere but there. Sure. You know, Baraboo, Wisconsin, if we had a Peruvian restaurant, they would not be selling tripe and testicles on the menu. Because nobody would eat it. If they were legit, they would. <laughs> well, but that's that's the thing. Do we do we as Americans really want legit? No, we yeah, that's the problem. That's I think we don't really want it. That's not a problem, but it's just that's why everything that started off as maybe amazing somewhere else has just gotten to become cooked for an American market. Westernized. Westernized, yeah. Yeah. And you just like you go to some Chinese places, dude, and it's just like it just tastes fucking disgusting. It's doused in sauce. It's soggy. It's like, you can't tell me that's legit. No, it's, well, I see, that's the thing. It's like, I don't even think any of that shit is really on the Chinese menu. Like if you go to an authentic Chinese restaurant, if you go to Chinatown or whatever, yeah. like, I don't think like the stir fries and stuff, maybe, I think maybe Thai is a little more closer to mm -hmm. like more authentic. But like our traditional Chinese like buffet, what you go to here, I'd probably say seventy five percent of that shit doesn't even exist in a real Chinese sure. restaurant. You know, it's like General Tso's chicken is a, is a, is an American thing. Yeah, that is not a Chinese uh, dish. Yeah. You know, I listened to a podcast once about this lady who was ripping on American Chinese, and she's like, "We don't eat that shit. Like that is not our food at all. Like we make fun of that food because it's like not." It's, I think they eat very, it's like the very, it's a limited menu. It's like they're very specific things they eat. I feel like it's very specific and it's like lighter. Again, I'll, lighter. Go, I'll, I'll go back to the, the term heavy. Mm -hmm. Everything we eat is so deep fried and heavy. Well, that's the addictive part of it. 
that's the parts yeah. of it that that's like, why we have an obesity problem. Oh my God, do we ever? Yeah, I was. I don't know. We talked about this. I think we did with the whole pandemic thing, like the rate of obesity yeah. per deaths. Yep. It's um. Yeah, we. I think that comes back to our idea of success and our capitalistic capitalistic society is like how much money we make. We have to make a shitload of money. You know, it's like, and I think other societies when there's a a, a restaurant. It's about serving good food. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about putting as many asses in the seats as you possibly can. It's about serving good food and enjoying a meal together and having an experience and not about like making it so like, can we grow 15% next year? Sure. You know, um, like, is there a way we can get a few more tables in here, you know, and then how can we make our food cheaper so we can make more money, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, if you think like our, so many of our food systems, how we base on what we eat at restaurants and how, what the restaurants buy is based on cost, you know? So what's the margins? Yes. You have to be able to make money to have a restaurant, but, but at what point do you sacrifice like using, uh, say, um, hamburger from a meat market or hamburger that's a frozen patty that comes, you know, in a box, Right. you know, it's, you're going to save yourself, like if, say you, you have a seven ninety nine hamburger and uh, the, the meat from the meat market costs you, I don't know, $1.50, but you can get one from a box for $0.65. Cents, and it's like most people will be accepting of it. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're just, you're up in your margins, you know. So it's, I think it's it's kind of the our culture and our, our economy and how, how, what, how we base what makes things important. Yeah. Yeah, and I think as Americans, we're all about that cost value. Oh, yeah. I'll be honest. There's been times where we've gone out to eat, and it's maybe considered a a nicer restaurant, Mm -hmm. and it's super expensive, and we get the the meal, and it's like, this is tiny. Yeah, yeah. And and you eat it, and you're like, I could could eat that again easily, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to order it twice. (laughs) Because you can't afford it. I think there's a maybe there's a there's a line there's gotta where be it a changes there yeah probably. so I think there's a, there are restaurants that people go to eat where the food is art yeah that, you know that's a good way to put it like um and it's and there's restaurants you go to eat where you're hungry mm-hmm. and you want to eat some good food you know um there's like this this fine line it's like if I go to a restaurant and I and it's a nice restaurant and a steak is like between 25 and 35 dollars i'm gonna get a really nice steak but it's gonna be a good size steak you know and 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 i'm gonna be full when i'm done that's my that's a nice restaurant for me if a steak is like 65 dollars and it's half a steak i'm not paying for the steak anymore i'm paying for the environment i'm paying for the experience i'm paying to say that i went to this restaurant um i'm paying for the thousand dollar curtains on the windows and the and the you know sixty dollar an hour mater d and and having a sommelier and and all these extra things that come with it so i think when you get past that level of like where the portions are bigger they get smaller and it's it's more about everything that goes with it sure sure um i like me a big steak oh man love a big steak like when i go into steakhouses 
not even steakhouses, but places that have steak, you know, they typically have three or four steak options. Mm-hmm. And then within those options, they have size options. Oh yeah. Like, t- like eight ounce, 12 eight, ounce, eight ounce 14, or 12 yeah. ounce or yeah, 16 or whatever. And it's like, I'm not getting an eight ounce steak. Mm-mm. No, that's like what they do with the prime rib. You got the queen, the king. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you get that different cut and it's like, give me the king cut, baby. I'm here to eat. So I can go with a queen, but I, I just can't go too small. No, no. Well, that's my problem with filet mignon. I've had filet mignon twice in my life, which isn't a lot. Um, Fair but, enough. Yeah. But it's, it's honestly, it's not my preferred cut of steak. But when I have had it, it's like, oh, this is so good. But it's smaller than the size of my fist. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, I, I need a little bit more than that. Yeah, yeah. A, a filet is like, I think a filet. That's that's the steak on the menu, where you're separating yourself. From, oh yeah, from the from you're getting like, the melt in your mouth. Yeah, and in like uh, uh, it's more the experience again. Like mm-hmm. a ribeye is really close. You uh, know, so of cuts of steak, ribeye is my choice. Yeah, me too. I'm a. I used to be a T-bone guy, because I, I like a New York, mm-hmm. and then you get the fillet too. Yep. So I I like the I I used to be a big T-bone guy. The problem I ended up having with T-bones was like, A, if you get like a porterhouse, you're paying for a lot of bone. Yeah. Um, Which, it helps with flavor. I understand that. But it's like paying for a lot of bone. But then when I came out to Wisconsin and uh, um, did like a Saturday night prime rib, and it's like, that's when I really started to get into ribeye steaks. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. This is some shit right here. And it's a little less expensive than the T-bone. I don't even know if it still is anymore. It might be about the same. I don't know either. But uh, um, but then, yeah, the ribeyes, hands down for me, like the go-to steak. Yeah. Even at a nice restaurant. I'd, same. I don't remember the last time I ordered a filet at a restaurant. No, and I, yeah, I, I prefer ribeye over like a strip, New York strip or something mm-hmm. like that, for sure. Yeah. So Porterhouse has a bunch of steaks in it, right? It's two steaks. It's a, it's a New York and a ribeye, or a New York and a, and a filet. So then what's the difference between a porterhouse and a T-bone? The size. So a T-bone, um, you know, when you're looking at your T-bone, uh, there's going to be people, you know, I mean, listen to this. I've already been called out on how many times this is some bullshit I said. So I'm not an expert. I'm never going to pretend to be an expert. I, I know a little bit about a, a lot of things, and so this is where I'm running from. If you've got good. a problem with what I'm saying, leave a comment, tell me I'm wrong, whatever. If, if you got a problem, tell Bill to fucking come look this shit up yeah so in my understanding so um first a ribeye is a a, a porterhouse is a thicker cut okay okay and a porterhouse um so you give the new york strip is the is the big side of the steak right of the t-bone it's the it's a long side and then the um the filet is a little round Mm -hmm. on the other side so um the the uh, the porterhouse is the end of that cut of meat, and it's got the most amount of fillet, so it's the biggest fillet and it's a thicker steak. So you're getting like because you can buy a T-bone that's got a little tiny baby side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still a T-bone, but there's just a little baby piece of fillet there. So bigger fillet, thicker cut. Mm-hmm. That's the porterhouse. Gotcha. And it's it's a fucking great steak. There's it's hard. It's hard to go wrong with any cut of steak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, maybe not. But there's some. There's. Some I'll still stick with the ribeyes. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would be willing to bet that if uh, 
I would be willing to bet that if Bill was here and he looked it up for us, that the ribeye would be the most popular steak. But he's not, and I don't want to look it up right now. So I'm going to say that I'd say over I over sixty percent. I bet would would choose a ribeye if you could choose. But I would think New York strip or strip steaks are more popular just based on price. No, but if if you could choose, you price could. is not an option. Oh yeah, yeah I yeah. think I think that it would be definitely. It's, the, the ribeyes, the thin mints, of thin mints, <laughs> baby, of the steak family. So, have you gone to Hooker's on the on the river over by Portage? No. So, you know the restaurants where you cook your own steak. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I always thought that was the stupidest fucking idea in the world. Like, why would I go to a restaurant so I could cook my own food? Uh-huh. Like that's dumb as dumb as balls. But at Hooker's. And I don't know, I've never, this is the only one I've ever been to that does this. Like, I know they have like the table side, you can cook it right next to your table, which is, I don't know. Anyway, you've got a huge fucking grill. It's, it's three, four times the size of the table we're sitting at. And uh, they got a big fridge there and they got all the different steaks. They got a New York, a ribeye, a filet, you know, all the, whatever you want to choose, T-bone. And uh, you walk in and, and like you pick the steak you want, pull the steak out. And they got all the seasonings. They got the, and it's a charcoal grill, and it's got different levels of heat. And pick up a pair of tongs, grab a beer, and you're cooking your steak with next to ten other people cooking their steaks, and you're shooting the shit. And uh, then they got these chunks of garlic bread. Slather some garlic butter on it. You throw it on the grill while you're cooking your steak. So you're eating the garlic bread, and you're drinking a beer, and you're flipping your steak back and forth, and you're moving it around on the coals. It's such a good experience, man. Yeah. I fucking love it. Like I, the the few times I've been there, I just want to go back. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it was that specific restaurant. I have been to a restaurant similar to that once. It was a good time. Yeah, it's for sure. And then and then the sides, you go back to your table, and and then um like you order your sides ahead of time that when yeah. you get to your table, your steak's done, you do, you've got it cooked. All the sides show up, asparagus, mashed potatoes, and they're yep. coming individual, you know, cooks. And it's like, you go with friends, you hang out, you have a yeah, couple beers. Yeah, that's the big thing is go. Yeah. You, you commoderate or come on. Commiserate. Uh, commiserate while you cook steaks together. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever the you word enjoy, is. Yeah. You enjoy each other's company. I like not being in charge of everybody's food too. Yeah. And that's, that's absolutely fair. And you can cook it presumably how we want. Exactly. You know what you're doing. Yeah. And if you're going to go to a place like that, I'm assuming you or someone in your group knows how to cook, how to cook a steak. Like you're not going to, like if you go in there blind and you like, I've never cooked a steak before. Oh, right. You're fucked. You don't. Well, there, is there is uh, there, there there's a, they can help you i was gonna say like, is there like a they can cook option well yeah and there's like a um there's like i think on the wall there's like a thing where it's like if you're cooking in a hot area go three minutes flip it three minutes mm-hmm. so like if you want this kind of cook you know Doneness. yeah, yeah. So, it's, so it kind of gives you some levels but i mean it's still it's 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 not cut and dry you gotta you gotta still fuck with it a little bit but it's like the whole experience is like yeah it's pretty great i like that a lot would it I guess that what you know the other reason you could go there is you're assuming that the quality of meat you get, regardless of cut you choose, is probably one that's maybe higher than you would go find if you just went to the grocery store. Like if you're not a kind of person that goes to like let's say a meat market to get your steaks, mm-hmm. and you just go to the grocery store pre-packed section. I mean, yeah, you'd have, you still cook it at that restaurant, but I'm assuming that the cuts are 
a little nicer choice. I'd like to believe so. You know, they're they're individually wrapped. I think they're in paper or they're in saran wrap. But I'm I'm in my mind, they're buying it from a meat market. Right. They're buying it from a, a butcher. You know, and or and, they're cutting it themselves. Or they're cutting it themselves. They might have someone there that does the cutting too. I mean. That would be even better because yeah. then you buy a whole fucking whatever side of beef or you get a, you know, you order the whole roast and then you cut your right. own steaks and all of that. Um, that would, whatever the most obviously economical way of doing it is um, to have the experience. Uh, but I think, I, I, so I really think that where our society is, is moving more into experiences because we're there's such a deficit of them. Sure. You know, honest to goodness experiences are going to be the value of them is going to go up so much because so much of our lives are we're connected to a device that has that that kind of experiences shit for us. One of my it's interesting. So one of my concerns with my kids when they play video games that bother me so much when they were kids and and I think there've been studies and I can I can see it in my kids. Um I wasn't 100% accurate, but I think there's a there's a lack of imagination or of of flexing the imagination muscle when when a kid plays or even a man, but a kid plays video games all the time and they're developing their brain. If you spend so many hours on on a, in a game that you don't have to wonder what something looks like, mm. you don't have to wonder what something feels like, you don't have to wonder what something like. It, it, it does it all for you, you know, it, um, it, it shows you like, like in a book, you read about a mountain range, you got to visualize the mountain right. range, you know, um, when you hear a story about, you know, uh, uh, knights and suits of armor and shit, you gotta, you gotta put that in your mind and my knight and suit of armor is going to look different than your knight in a suit of armor. And I think that was a special thing. And then it creates an experience and you feel it. Whereas if you're just hooking up to a game and it and it takes all the imagination out of it and you just get what's the uh, the, the where's the value? Right, you're you just know? told what it you're given it. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the same contrast between books and movies. Like how many times have you read a book, had a thought ingrained in your mind on how a character looked? Yeah, and then a movie does an adaptation of it, and it's just completely opposite or different than you thought and it frankly ruins it mm-hmm. books and movies is always i mean that's there i love movies same but movies are easy yeah movies are sit down and just let everything happen books are take brain power mm-hmm. <laughs> in imagination and 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 uh uh and, and, a, and a skill, I mean, movies take a skill. There's definitely shitty movies out there. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unwatchable. But, like, uh, to, to write a book. Well, and I'm not even saying writing or producing. I'm saying consuming. Sure. I guess what I'm saying is, like, when I'm consuming a book that is really well written, and it, trans, it, it transports me mm. to a whole nother place, you know, where I'm in it. There's no way, I've in, in, anyway, in my lifetime so far, I've never experienced a movie that was better than the book I read before it if it was on the same if it was the same story. Never experienced a movie that that put me into a place anywhere, if you read the book if first. If I read the book first. What if you yeah. read the book second? Um I I'm trying to think. Um 
I, th- I think I maybe I read Ender's Game after I watched the movie. Um, but it's, I think it's different when you, when you, when you read the book second, because, because then it's not your imagination. Cause you'd like, sure. You, if you're reading the Tom Clancy book and Tom Cruise played the character on, on a movie and then sure. you read the book, I just see Tom Cruise. Sure. You know, as opposed to like, so the idea is already like, yeah, implanted little yeah. inception for you. Mm-hmm. It, it is. And, and, and so to your point, when you read a book and then you see a character like I if, if if I'm reading a book about a, this grizzled old detective and 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 his I see a person you know and it's like I know what they look like and then you see a Hollywood star playing that person it's like well uh, I can't get behind this character because mm-hmm. like, he's not six foot three or he didn't or he or she didn't sound like it sounded in your right. voice the, or in um, your head excuse me Dan Brown the Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons yeah when they when they cast Tom Cruise or not Tom Cruise, Tom, uh, Hanks. Tom Hanks as the lead in that, I had such a hard time watching that movie the first time I watched it because, like the dude in the in the um, in the books, he's way more of a badass mm. than than Tom Hanks is. And no offense to Tom Hanks, he's a fucking amazing actor, but he's not a badass, right? You know, it's like it, uh, kind of like when Pierce Brosnan was a 007. like. He was in Mrs. Doubtfire. He was yeah. the boyfriend of Mrs. Doubtfire. It's like it, there's certain actors that it's a stretch to make them a badass, you know. Um, but then sometimes actors, like in movies, have really fucking surprised me. Like Keanu Reeves is a badass. Whoa, motherfucker. Keanu Reeves is a, is a badass. That dude is like legit badass, you know. But when I grew up, he was Bill and Ted's. Right. You know, it's like right. he was this like uh, or like uh, Speed or you know, he was not that kind of guy. What about... What about actors who play either a good or bad character in one thing and then switch to the opposite side? So like if I was a villain, quote unquote, in Mm -hmm. a movie, and then I try and be like a good or a normal guy. See, as me, for me, I always see that actor as a villain. I think think it depends on how many movies they've done in, in, in that role. But yeah, I know it's, it's hard to, 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 to move that like, um, uh, you've seen the world's fastest Indian? No. With um, I think it's it's Anthony Hopkins. I'm pretty sure it's who it is. Um, maybe I'm pretty sure it is. It's Anthony Hopkins. So um, he's this old guy. He's got this shed and he's building an Indian motorcycle and and like like he's got this little kid that lives next door. It's a true story. It's a fucking awesome movie. Um, and this little kid lives next door and he comes and hangs out with him all the time and he gets dirty and learns cuss words and shit and and he's like um. But then also he's in Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. you know. And so to to separate, you have to have an, a fucking incredible actor. It's like Morgan Freeman. It's like he's 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 always going to be Morgan Freeman to yeah. me. Yeah. He's the wise old sage with a cool fucking voice that's going to lay down some lessons on somebody. You know, he, how many times has he played the president of the United States? You know, it's like he's like the disaster movies. He's the yeah. guy, you mm-hmm. know, it's like. Uh, he's always going to be like, even in Shawshank Redemption, he was that old guy that like, yep. you know, he helped out Andy Dufresne. He's like my friend, Andy Dufresne. I can't do his voice, but he's like, he's always going to be that guy for me. Yeah. He you know? was. And then he was, uh, Oh, he was God in a movie. Oh yeah. He was God. Yeah. He was God in a movie. I remember that it was Jim almighty or Bruce almighty. Uh, yeah. 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 That's yeah. He was here. God and Bruce almighty. And he, and he was like, yeah, he was the, 
the uh the janitor <laughs> he was changing a light yeah. bulb or some shit when he yeah that's a fun movie we can talk some movies i have to use the bathroom real quick though. all right cool It's funny when I hear somebody humming, I automatically start humming. It's like, duh, duh, duh. yeah, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You just know. gotta hum back. I do. I hum back a little bit. Hum back because we're back. What's up, everybody? We humming back. All right, I got my closure from the break. Good job. You feel better now. And we stood on opposite ends of the urinal stalls. When Connor was here, he he was he was. Uh, I could tell when he walked into the restroom, he was like, hmm. Oh, you had to think about it? What's the game plan here? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. That's funny. I didn't even, I didn't even, I didn't notice. But he was thinking, he was thinking to himself. I could tell he was thinking. Well, we'll have to find out when he, when he listens to this, this, this episode. What were you thinking? Were you like, were you thinking? Were you questioning if should you should I go hit to the, the stall? stall? Should, I, should I not do the stall? I honestly, in my guess, I'm going to say probably not. I'm going to guess he's like, whatever. Because I talked to him. We talked, we chatted about that subject a little bit. And he's like, who gives a fuck? You go take a piss. Oh, then but I should have stood right, right next to him. That would have been funny. That would have been like, funny. He should have just kicked hey, his Connor. foot a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Started getting into a conversation. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Look him in the eyes. Yeah. What's uh? We were talking movies and yeah. actors. Like, what's some of your, your go-to favorites? And movies? Yeah. Fuck, dude! I like so many movies. Like, there's so there is so many good movies out there. Um, like I'll go like I can go through genres like uh, um, like the the John Wick movies mm-hmm. are pretty fucking badass. Um, uh, like when it comes to war movies, like uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan is like always way the fuck up there. Like I, uh, oh, I'll tell you later. Okay, tell me later. Um. You sure you want to tell me now? No, I was just gonna say I have, out of all genres, war movies are the hardest for me. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, there, it, it's just a shout out to the men and women who go into that shit willingly, and I just, I struggle watching it sometimes. It just, even the historical ones, like knowing that people went through that shit, and yeah. fuck. Saving Private Ryan, I think that scarred me from war movies as I watched the scene where the guy's like hiding in the tower and then he gets in the knife fight oh and then God, like, he yeah. slowly gets like, I can't fucking watch that. So as I've gotten, that's interesting. So when I was younger, even though I was your age, um, young buck, um, the, the war movies didn't ever, uh, I didn't feel so much like that when I was watching them. But as I got older, and especially as I started listening to more podcasts, and I would hear stories from the real fucking people that were in war, and you hear about the people that the movies were based on, um, and hear them talk about what it was like to be there, it changed for me. Mm. So um, the uh, the Lone Survivor movie, this Bo Bergdahl, mm-hmm. had the 20 seals that went in and only one came out. Um I watched that movie uh, and it's such a fucking powerful movie. And, and they uh, recently listened to a podcast um, with him. It was an interview with him. And when he talked about being there, so first off, I think a lot of people come back more don't want to talk about it. Like it's, it's not an easy thing to talk about. So when you find someone that does, and he talked about it in such a, he talks about it in such a public way. um, It's a, you're able to like feel 
what that feels like and, and, and feel the emotion that's coming out of somebody who, when he's talking about like the, the fucking hell he went through and the yeah, pain yeah. he experienced and what it's like to see someone who's so fucking close to you die right next to you. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't make me not want to watch them, but like, I know I'll get super quiet. Yeah. It's, it's hard to watch. And, and I'm talking specifically like a well-produced, frankly, graphic war movie. Yeah. I'm not talking like the glorified soldier, like Rambo or some shit Rambo or Black Hawk down. Well, I don't, I haven't watched Black Hawk down in a long time. I don't remember that one, I guess. I think it, that was based on a true story, but you know, one of but the, it's, it, certain movies are produced in a certain way where some of them are like, they just hit hard. Yeah. And some are more like glorified. Well, I think they, 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 they're Hollywoodized. Yeah. That's what the Bergdahl deal he was talking about. He said that, um, he said that when they did the movie, he said he wasn't going to sign off on their movie unless he was there the whole fucking time, making sure they didn't fuck it up. Yeah. Like don't, don't make them say some stupid fucking catchphrase you know, to make a funny part in the movie or to like make a character development quicker or some shit. He's like, make it fucking real. And I think the hard part is about the really real ones is that it makes people, it's hard to watch. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they feel something. And a lot of times when people go to the theater to watch a movie, they maybe don't want to feel like right. that. Right. You know, they don't want to, people don't want to know what really fucking happens sometimes. A lot of times, like look at our history books. They never talked about shit that really fucking happened. No. You know, they didn't talk about what happened with Columbus. They didn't talk about what happened with the fucking, when we moved west and massacred fucking Indians. And it like, we... We make things more palatable. Yeah. Yeah, we make it soft. Yeah. We make it soft. And, and, and when you get down to the real fucking nuts and bolts of it, it's, it's so fucking hard to absorb because it, I think at some point in our, in, for me, it's like, I I only want to be able to bear so much before I feel like I have to do something. Mm. You know, it's like it's like I somehow I'm responsible for pieces of my community. Like if we're we're a community together, and this is my town too, and if just shit's happening on my streets, I feel I feel like I should fucking stand up for this. Like and and I I think that it's so much easier when you don't have to feel like that. Yeah. You don't have to feel like you're going to take responsibility for something that, well, it's not in my house. Sure. You know, sure. I had a friend of mine who was, we were having a conversation at work one day many years ago, and uh, his son had graduated a couple of years earlier, and he was bitching about, he goes, I don't know why I have to fucking pay taxes for the schools in this town. I don't have any kids in that school. It's like, motherfucker, dude, this is your town. Like, if there, if you didn't pay taxes for the school... Like if, if if all the people that paid taxes before to put your kid through school weren't there to pay taxes at school, what kind of fucking community would you live in? Mm -hmm. You know, like that, like those other kids might not live in your house, but they're still kind of your fucking kids because like it or not, they're going to affect your community yep. and they're going to affect you and they're going to affect your children in ways like you don't like maybe see at that moment, but, but like it's so fucking important to understand like, there are hard things that happen and, and I think people need to understand how real they are, you know, and that, and that like there's a way of glamorizing them to make them more palatable to your, to use your, your words. It's like, it's so much easier to absorb. Like, yeah, I know that shit happens. It's like the, you know, those Pablo Escobar movies and shit like that. It's like, it's so fucking wild. 
you know, and it's like, okay, but it's, it's Hollywoodized. So it's like, right. It's pretty. Yeah. You know, and, um, and you don't have to feel it so much, but yeah, see yeah. that saving Sorry. private Ryan, man, like at the end of the movie, when he's in the, in the cemetery, fuck, I bawled my eyes out. Yeah. You know, when he's like, you know, I hope I lived a life that was worth it. It's like, that's fucking real. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking heavy. So anyway, side tangent. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess like, um, the lone survivor movie for like war movies, that's a fucking killer movie too. saving private Ryan. Um, like, uh, um, do I always like, uh, I always like movies that like when I was a kid, like the, like karate kid, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it goes back to the whole fucking hero's journey thing. We we're talking about with Jason sure, and Joseph sure. Campbell that, it's like to see somebody like, so there's a, when we would, when I was a kid, <laughs> every time we'd watch a movie like Karate Kid or Bloodsport or something like that, as soon as the movie was over, we'd all start beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> me, <laughs> me and my cousins and our friends, we'd be like doing karate moves and everything. We'd wrestle like, so there's a movie with Sylvester Stallone called Over the Top. You ever see that? No. He's an arm wrestler, but he's a truck driver, right? And it's like, Part of the story is like he he has this kid that's not a part of his life, but his kid's mom dies, and so he gets to take him on the road as a truck driver. And, but he he goes to this arm wrestling circuit, and so um, he he goes in and he's got to wrestle these arm wrestle these guys, and it's like this big huge atmosphere. And there's this one guy that fucking he's like big hairy dude. He drinks motor oil and shit, and and like he's got to arm wrestle this guy, and like he's he looks like he's an underdog because he's re- arm wrestling these monsters, right? Because Stallone's like, he's ripped, but he's not right. a huge guy. And so he's like gritting his teeth and he's almost going to lose, you know, and he's bringing it back. And it's like, he's going <laughs> to crest over the top. So there's this move he does when you got your hands locked together where he would take his, his, the four fingers that normally make the fist that would go over the backside of the, their, their thumb. He would bring them over and cross over the top of his thumb. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, and that was called the over the top move. So you knew when he did the finger move, and it was always in super slow mo. Oh. It would like it's like, oh my god, he's going over the top, baby! And then you knew he's gonna win, right? So he's gritting his teeth, and he's so good at that face. You know, his face is all <laughs> twisted up and everything, and he's beating sweat, and he's got that rah yell thing. So he go over the top, and as a kid, I can still feel it. Obviously, I'm going through the motions yeah, you're right now. Right now. And it's like, yeah, and, he, and he's pushing it, and he gets all over the top, and we just fucking jump up and down. And so then we would arm wrestle for hours. Our arms would be fucking limp noodles by the end of the night because we would just bash ourselves into the table. <laughs> Who was going to be the king arm wrestler for so fucking long? And so every movie like that, those movies always got me when I was a kid. Yeah. So as a dad, I would want to watch those movies with my kids to see how they reacted. And so there's this movie with Hugh Jackman. It's not a popular movie. It's called Real Steel. And it's about these fighting robots. They're boxers, right? And um, it's like uh, uh, the person on the, on the outside the ring was controlling the robot with like a remote control. And then these robots would beat their, their you know, their, I don't want to say brains, but they would trash each other, you know. And there was always, it was like boxing, but it was with robots. Mm-hmm. And it's another story. He's got this kid. He comes along. Didn't want the kid, but the kid helps him out and le- learns some life lessons. And, and they find this robot that's like 
the underdog robot, you know, and he like, they found him in a fucking junk heap and he's a model they don't use anymore. And his kid's trying to train this robot how to fight and he gets good at it. And so he, they go into these, these final fights and he's fighting like the best robot boxer in the world. And I'm watching this movie with my kids and they can't even sit down. They're like, <laughs> Connor, he gets up off the couch and he starts walking around <laughs> the kitchen because we had a kitchen that was open to the living room and there was an island and he's just, <laughs> he's pacing through the kitchen. I'm like, what's the matter? And he's like, he's like, dad, is he going to win? I'm like, of course he's going to win. He's like, I don't know, dad. And so my other son, he got up and he starts pacing and it's like, they're, they're leaning on the back of the couch, but they can't stand still and they're watching a movie and it's just like, and every punch they're like, oh, 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 you know? And then when they, when he wins, he's like, did you see that dad? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I'm here, son. I'm here watching it with you, and he's like, "It's so awesome!" And he's like, "Those are the things. Like, that's yeah. the movies. Like that. Uh, I dig those movies, and they're not always the most popular ones, but no. they like. It's just that story, right? You know, it's like someone that plays that story really well. Yeah. What about you? What's your? I like. Oh, I like so many movies. Um, I like a lot of movies that maybe weren't like super popular too. Have you seen Lucky Number Eleven? It's like, uh, 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 is that um, Jason Statham? Nope. It's um, Bruce Willis and I think Morgan Freeman's in that one, actually. I can I can see the 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 cover shot, but I don't know if I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen oh, it. I love that movie. That's a great one. Premise is that um, Bruce Willis is a hitman, and he took this kid under his wing when he was supposed to kill him, um, who became a hitman, and then there's these two bosses you know um that live across the street from each other in these bulletproof fucking towers and this kid like but they used to work for the same guy and they had this kid's family killed and so he ends up tra like befriending both of them oh, or, okay and yeah it's a good movie sounds like but it's, it, again it's kind of like the hero's journey mantra of mm -hmm. overcoming shit there's a really unknown one uh pool hall junkies I've heard of that, but I have don't, you? I've heard of it. I've never seen I, it. I, it's, it's so it's not good, <laughs> but it's good. Yeah, I think the only like a list actor in there is Christopher Walken. He's like he's something special, that yeah. Christopher Walken. Like he's and he has this big fucking speech at the end of it, like this pump up speech, and you're just like, fuck yeah! So how old were you when you saw it? Oh, probably a teenager. Okay. Um, do you, can you picture it? Yep. What were you doing? I was, I feel like I was sitting in a, someone's basement, like my hockey team's guy, my hockey team's basement. And we were, uh, just killing time, hanging out. And I'm pretty sure we had Dane cook on and we were watching Dane cooks first oh, special. Yeah. And then someone popped that in there and we watched and like, what the fuck? And then we we all started shooting pool afterwards. Yeah, like, hell yeah, we're we're not playing no eight <laughs> ball. We're playing nine ball. <laughs> there's there's something to, I think, our favorite movies that um, it's always tied to an emotional experience. Oh sure, always. It hardly is it like the greatest fucking movie ever, unless you're like a like a total movie buff. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you get into the nuance. I think so much of it is like, what were we doing? Who were we with? What, where was I? Um, 
what did it, what did it feel like? And if I can if I can transport myself back to that moment, then then you know that was legit. Yeah. Like, is sometimes they're just shitty fucking movies. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, but they're but they're so the the everything around them is so unforgettable. You know, it's like maybe that's like why going out to eat is uh is not as special um as it used to be because it's so accessible now mm. you know like when i was a kid um when we went out to eat like if we if we got to go to mcdonald's that was a fucking deal man oh sure you know they had those weird fucking toys that were shaped like the characters out yep. in the out in the yep. thing you know and and you had a fucking mcdonald's milkshake and and you, you were like you saw a fucking ronald mcdonald yeah like you know play on the playground yeah it was it was uh it was always an experience and and now we just fucking go through the motions you go to the fucking drive-thru yeah. you get your yeah. you know your kid wants some some chicken nuggets you get him some nuggies and you go down the fucking road and it's like there's, there's, uh, how many hours a day do we spend doing things that are unmemorable? Yeah, that's true. You know, it's like, uh, um, everything. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking lot of it, man. Yeah. It's a lot of it, you know? And it's like, what, what's the difference? What makes something memorable? You know, what's, what makes something, something you're never going to forget. It's like you have a, a, an emotional experience uh, a connection to it that um that uh, uh it's rare yeah you know but if it wasn't rare would it wouldn't be as memorable like it's a weird fine line like if you if you had so many experiences in your life that every day was just fucking out there right mm-hmm. and it was just amazing you can't do that every day and keep remembering no you get you, you get bored of it right and yeah. so it's a it's it's this weird, like, I'll call it a balance, but like you said, going to McDonald's, it had happened rarely, but when it did happen, it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And then now it's not a thing because it probably doesn't happen rarely. It, and, and so the, the, um, I would remember it now, but for a different reason. Oh yeah. <laughs> you fucking got sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's like going to T-Bell or something now. Yeah. But you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like the scarcity of those events is what makes them special. Yeah, so it's like if um it's like it's like the difference between going to a UW football game once every couple of years and going and being and a season, season ticket holder. Tickets. You yeah, know, exactly. It's like if, if you're a season ticket holder and you go there and experience every time after you've been to ten games, twenty games, like the fucking energy of the crowd you just get used to it. Yeah. And it, it's part of the fucking brain that um who was with us when we were when it was what's his name? Chris. Was, Chris. That was talking about like it's a dopamine hit to a degree, and and after so long, your body can still feel the same experience, but your brain absorbs it differently. Mm-hmm. It connects differently. It's like for for like a drug, but this is I mean it, it's an emotional experience, so it's a different thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but it's like you get used to it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like there's a there's a series on TV uh, I'm watching with Stephanie. It's about F1 racers. They're fucking doing 200 miles an hour in this little car and they're making micro turns around corners and it's like, and and they do it every fucking week or whatever, how often they race. And so after so many races, it's like 
the I would think the exhilaration would be tempered. Yeah. You know, um, where or extreme athletes, Red Bull athletes that do like the motocross and all that shit. You do it so much, it's not as crazy anymore. So is it because kind of going back to why we remember things and there's a, a, a is there a glut of of like low level experiences we can have that 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 makes things less special you know like going out to eat and um, well, watching a movie and stuff like that i think if you're in the moment it can still be special it just maybe doesn't like you might remember the feeling versus the experience itself. Like I might, if we went out to a really nice steak dinner, Mm -hmm. like I'm going to remember, yeah, we went out to that place to go eat and it was really good. Yeah. But I might not remember, oh yeah, we went to X place on X date. We talked about this, this, I might, you know, it's just, it's going to be tampered a little bit. Right. Well, and that's, and I guess that's the, uh, the drive for people to have so many new experiences and try new things. It's like, it's like, you're you're reaching out for that that uh, uh, that feeling of being so immersed in something that's new, so it's going to imprint on you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the first time I bungee jumped, the first time I went on a zip line, yeah, um, the first time, first time we took the guys on our camping trip. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just at some point you get like our camping trip. We've done it for years, right? Mm-hmm. It's not to say it's any less special, but it's not going to be the first year. No, it's never going to be the first year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's and it, that's not to say that at in the moment that that experience is any less. Yeah, I think if it's a for for me when I look at the camping trip, there are elements of the first year that you don't have in the seventh year. So first year you're figuring everything out Mm -hmm. you know like you're fucking new to all of it so it's like um you're paying attention to like okay how are we going to figure out how to sleep how are we going to figure out how we're what are we going to do how are we going to get to this point a to point b how are we going to set it up Uh, i think in in the once a year kind of experience like that what i take from it is that every year the um the the small details like um the food and the, Mm -hmm. and the and the sleeping and the cabin and and like how we're going to lay it out, um, getting better at those things allows me to 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 uh, focus more on on the other parts of it that are like I get to be more present in in like uh, their experiences, you know, um, because it's a, a, a um, I'm not in the back of my mind thinking about, okay, so in 20 minutes we've got to do this thing. And then, and then after that, we've got to go here and then right. we get it, you know, so the, the more we do it, the better we get at it. It changes our experience, but I think it also opens us up for opportunities to where a lot of the stuff is muscle memory and we get to be more immersed in it mm-hmm. with them as opposed to from the outside running it. Yeah. Yeah. I so, agree. So, um, but yeah, there's a uh, uh, we we live in this world of excess, you yeah. know. We just we really do, and it's uh, um, you know I always talk about with where we live. It's like 
we need more restaurant options. Absolutely, we do. <laughs> we, we need more <laughs> restaurant shit. options. And it's like, so saying that, I know, like, it's like Stephanie and I'm like, well, should we go get something to eat tonight? It's like, yeah, where do you want to go? It's like, I don't know. Kind of been everywhere, you know? Yeah. And it's like, so if you get two more restaurants, how long is it going to take before you say, True. kind of been everywhere, you know? Um, it's a, a, there's just something about having variety that's really important. Also something about having like that thing that you can fall back on, that you know what you're going to get is really important. But is there ever going to be, you know, it's a point where you hit critical mass. Like when I go to the grocery store and I want to buy a jar of peanut butter, there's like 23 different kinds of peanut butter. Yeah, you're reaching for the same kind. Yeah. It's like, well, but at the same, no, not always. Oh, you change it up. I Well, because I, well, so what I'll say is this, is like, I know what this one tastes like. Yeah. And there might be a one that's better. So I'll stand there for a, for a while looking at all the different ones, trying to go, okay, so what do I want? This one looks cool. It's a little more expensive, but I know what this tastes like. And I, there's a different flavor. There's a cashew butter and there's this butter and there's all these things. There's just so many fucking choices that, yeah, you go back to the old familiar, this is what I eat. Um, at what level does so many choices become detrimental? You know, do we do, how much time do we waste on our choices? Yeah, you get, um, oh, what, there's a term for it. Uh, something paralysis. Like selection paralysis or something? I don't, I don't remember the exact term, but it's exactly that. It's like you literally have so many choices in front of you that you just freeze because it's, you can't pick. Yeah. How, how much anxiety do people get because there's so many fucking choices? Yeah. Like, I, I understand that like life would be a little like there'd be times it'd be a little less exciting if there weren't so many choices, but at the same time, how much, like how much easier, like as far as stress levels and, um, and how much less time would we waste if there weren't mm-hmm. so many choices? Well, especially on certain things, right? Like we talked about this fuck episode one or two about me. I wanted to simplify clothes I have yeah. in my house. I've yet to do so, but, <laughs> but that, that's the same concept. Like why bombard myself with options when I know I just want to wear that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, cause that anxiety or guilt over not wearing a fucking shirt is stupid. It's really stupid, bro. I like can't. you have something and you feel guilty for not using it. Yep. I, even if it's, I got, I got a shirt that was given to me by a really good friend of mine. And it was like a big deal that he gave it to me. We had an experience together. This is a token of that experience. It doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but it's still in my fucking drawer and I'm never going to wear it. I mean, fucking never. Yeah. I just, so if you're a tall guy and you listen to this, there's a thing with finding shirts that, that they're not long enough. So like there's so many times I'll buy I'll I'll find a shirt that I really like on the rack. It's comfortable, it's a cool shirt, fits good until I raise my arms up. Yeah. And the bottom of my shirt comes up past yeah, my belly button. Just like button. the sweatshirt I'm wearing. Yeah. It's fucking annoying as fucking so I know I'm never going to wear that shirt ever. Yeah. But I'm not, I don't want to get rid of it. So I I'll go to my drawer and I'll see it and it's like fuck. I should just wear it. I'm sitting in my fucking drawer. I know it's not going to be the most comfortable thing, but I should just fucking wear it. And then I did that one time. I put it on, 
I tucked it into my pants. I was going to wear it to work. And then like five fucking seconds later, half of it's hanging on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck this. It's, I'm not going to wear it. Yeah. So why am I still holding on to it? I'm holding on to it because somebody that was really important to me gave it to me. But it's like, if I'm not going to wear it, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. You know? So do I give it back to him? I don't want to look like an asshole. I gave you back that hat. <laughs> you did give me back that hat. It's like, well, okay, that's fair. That's a, that's a really fair point because if if I'm not going to wear it, he probably just appreciate having it back so someone else could. Yeah. You know, he can give it. It's not like a Yeah, so you guys don't know what we're talking about. I gave me a, a hat from his landscaping company, but it's a fitted hat, and uh, it, it was too big. And and after I got my hair cut, it was way too big. And, <laughs> like, cover my ears big. Yeah. And there's just a guilt of, for me, that was like, I would feel guilty holding on to it, knowing I, I, I can't wear it. It's too big, bro. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I gave you back the hat. Yeah, you're a better man than I am. No, I'm not. So I have a fucking shirt that I bought because I thought I wanted it hanging in my closet. And every time I put it on, I think it looks stupid and it doesn't fit right. So I just hang it back in my closet. How many, how many fucking people have closets full of shit that they, that they're they, never going to fucking wear? Exactly. You know? It's like, what? <laughs> what? I was going to say something fucked up. Say it. <laughs> this is a new section where Kyle says something fucked up instead of, do I, you have so many tools that you feel or inanimate objects that you feel guilty if you don't give them a little love and, sh- and use them like, like screwdrivers. So I have like, like 10 flathead screwdrivers. And so every time I need a flathead screwdriver, I feel like I have to take a different one to give it a little love. Not at all. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I do not. I do not do that. I I've got ten flathead screwdrivers of my own in a in my toolbox, and I don't even look at them. Them fucking bitches can sit in the dark <laughs> forever. I I know they're there on a rare occasion. If I you know because I've got enough tools where it's like they're my extras. Yeah, you know. But on a rare occasion, if I'm walking through and I need one real quick for something, I'll pull one out. But it's like I don't give a shit. Like you know? even my <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> My son has um, Hot Wheels. He mm-hmm. loves Hot Wheels and, and monster trucks. Yeah. But he only likes to play with like, he has like 60 Hot Wheels. Yeah. And they're all hand-me-downs from like me. And then, you know, plus I bought a bunch for him. Dude, some of them fuckers can be worth money. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah, Hot not any of mine. Ours are oh. just tr- trashed, but okay. they're like a dollar piece. Okay. Anyways, so he has, you know, let's just round up and say 50 Hot Wheels. But he only really likes to play with like, four or five of them because they're his favorites yeah but he always wants me to play with them so i feel like i have to pick a new favorite every time we play so that all the hot wheels get some love <laughs> and, and use you, you got some ocd with with your with your in, inanimate objects Ooh, so it makes everybody i probably need to so fucking see somebody <laughs> yeah i got a, I got a number i can give you after we're done here talk to you about that shit well apparently that's not normal well, I don't know. Maybe I'm fucking not normal. Who do, yeah. who, what's fucking normal anymore, bro? It's like there's no such thing, I don't think. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I get it. Yeah. I do get it. And like, I, I understand, like, when you have something that you purchase, it's like, what's the fucking point of having it if you're not going to use it? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just one of those things. And, and I think that kind of goes back to, like, the, the, you were talking about decluttering and getting rid of shit. I think that how much anxiety gets put on people or, or do people experience just because they've got too much shit. Yeah. You know, it's like when you walk into your house and like, I tell you what, if I had a house that had a home theater in it and I would want to make sure I use that fucker 
as much sure. as I could. Why why would I have it if I wasn't going to use it? But I know people who have houses with home theaters, they never fucking use it. Yeah. And it's I, like I don't have a home theater, but I have a DVD collection that I Oh, fucking DVDs. I've got hundreds hundreds of DVDs. And I never once pull them out. Well, it's a technology thing. I think I mean true, but you, they're not they're not available on like Netflix. I just don't make the time and effort to watch them. Well, which one are you going to pick? So many fucking choices. So many choices that I just, it's easier not to watch it. Or it's easier to go on to Netflix and find something that I've never watched before. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's um, is less stress. You yeah. get stressed out picking a DVD. That ain't fucking what we're supposed to be living our life to do is to look at hundreds of DVDs Ugh. and be like, fuck, man, so many DVDs I want to watch. What do I want? And it's like, oh, okay. Did you ever have like those binders of CDs? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I remember that. It's like you, you sleeves and sleeves yep. and sleeves of CDs, and it's like you'd, I, you'd spend so much time trying to figure out which one you're gonna w- listen to. I going back to like when Jason was talking about Spotify. It's like there's a there's a point of that where it's like it's pretty fucking awesome because it, it's like there's a lot of choices. But when it, I think for me anyway, when it comes to music, it's like I can just like I can just hit something. Mm, you know, sure. I don't spend a whole lot of time flipping through stuff, and that's probably why. You know, I talked about I'm pretty limited in my musical diversity mm-hmm. because I probably do get selection paralysis, and I'm just like, I'm going to go back to what I like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same fucking four bands. <laughs> so how often um, do you, like, uh, when you're, like, say you're going to buy a, a camera, like you got a Canon, is it a Rebel over there? I don't know what that is. You got a little Canon over there. How How long, how much time do you spend researching on, like, websites and amazon and shit for before you make a pull the trigger on something like that uh well that i didn't um like this podcast stuff hours 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 there's um there's a point i think where it's fun to do the research oh yeah like you, you then for me i'll hit a i'll hit a point where i've researched so much that i don't even fucking remember what I researched and then, mm. I, then I don't even remember what I wanted or what I, why I spent fucking hours at night researching shit. And then I won't buy anything because there's so many fucking things I could buy. I'm afraid I'm going to get the wrong one. Sure. You know? And then it's like, if I get the wrong one, well then it's going to be really stupid because I invested so much time in looking for the right one, you know? And, and like there's to a degree, I think with a lot of stuff that we, that we spend hours and hours and hours researching, I think a lot of times there's no fucking wrong one because yeah. whatever we get is like, we're going to have an experience with that thing, whatever it is. Yep. And, and it doesn't matter. There's, there's no perfection. Yeah. And with so many things and, and there's, this isn't a universal, but with a lot of things like there, the difference in like quality, like best is all subjective anyways. Like if, so I bought, I have a, a knife sharpening setup. Yeah. Lansky? Nope. Oh. Uh, Edge Pro. Okay. So I looked at Lansky's. They're yeah. cheaper, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I, I didn't do what I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but that's not to say that a Lansky doesn't get a knife that can shave your fucking arm hairs because it can. Right. So can mine. So yeah. can the 13 other options out there. Yeah. And so... To your point, yeah, it's like just 
you get so stuck in the research and there's such a fear of, oh, I'm going to buy something inferior or I'm going to buy it and regret it because this thing is mm -hmm. better. And it's like, just fucking buy it as long as you're going to use it. Right. So, right. I mean, look at phones. I was just thinking that. Oh, what phone do I need to get? What phone do I need? I don't know. Because honestly, you're going to get a new one in two years and it's all going to be obsolete technology anyways. Yeah, it's for for what for what I use my phone for. I don't need that motherfucking phone I got. I, not at all. I mean, the camera's great. I love the camera. Yeah. That's awesome. That's kind of neat. So there's this one thing on the new phone that I, I appreciate is a nice camera. But I mean, fuck. It's text messages. It's phone calls. It's... Yep. Um, I'll, I'll like research something sometime. I'll maybe send some emails, but that's like, it, it's like the, I'm using 2% yeah. of that phone's yeah. capabilities. You know, I don't communicate with other shit with that phone. I don't use it to pay my bills. Like at the grocery store where you can wave it in front of shit. I don't do any of that. No, nope. you know? And, and so, but you got to have the right phone, Yeah. you know, cause if your phone doesn't do what someone else's phone does, then it's not the right phone. Yeah, you know, it, 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 yeah. We live in a in a yeah. There's just so many options for so many things. There that is now. I will say, and and this is just me as a as a person. Like the research part, I love the research, and I love doing the research, knowing what I want, and then when I get it, I know everything about it. Mm, yeah, like that. Fuck yeah. There's a satisfaction in 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 doing because you put in the work. Yeah, you know, it's like. And so, it, but that's all determining of I'm going to find the product and then I'm actually going to follow through with getting that product. Mm -hmm. It's not, it has to end at some point. <laughs> right. But I mean, so that's a, when you're researching something, I'm envisioning like when you research the equipment to do the podcast, um, you are looking for a very specific product to do a very specific thing and, and, um, and you want it to be a, at a specific level. Yeah. So like, Let's just say that um, Sam tells you, hey, um, I'd really like a, a, a decent point-and-shoot camera for Christmas, you know, or or like, hey, you know, whatever. So she's like, she's interested in cameras, you know, but she doesn't know really what she wants. She just knows she wants a, a decent camera. At that point, you could spend fucking days and weeks in all the options of point-and-shoot cameras, digital mm -hmm. cameras, never really like what's what's the right one it's like well this one's three ounces heavier you know so if it goes in the purse it might be a little bit heavier mm. you know so you can you can you can buy them by weight you can buy them by size you can buy them by megapixel you can buy them by zoom you can buy them by all these things and when it boils down to it she wants to take some pictures yeah you know it's like that's where i think you get lost in the in, I the, agree. in the fucking soup I agree of, of, of the details that like maybe really don't matter. Yeah. To your point, this shit matters. Well, yeah. And so like with this equipment, like I needed this to do multiple things, mm -hmm. not just podcasts. Like I need to be able to connect it to computer so that we can have zoom, zoom calls mm -hmm. coming out of this with microphones going into it at the same time. Yeah. There's only a handful that actually do that. And so it, yeah, it that's, that's what I'm saying. It, it fits a very specific. Yeah purpose when you're when you're uh when you're looking to to buy a tool to do something very specific that i totally understand the depth of research because a you're probably going to be spending a good chunk of change and and b 
you're buying it for because you have a specific need for mm-hmm. it. You know, it's um yeah, it's it's the other yeah, it's like I said, getting into that point where it's like Well like cars. I'm you can be a yeah. fanboy of your car brand all you want. Yeah. But they're all gonna do the same thing. It, if for the most part. If you're part, getting a four door sedan, you're get yeah. You're gonna get a four door sedan. It's a difference if you get a uh, fucking Honda Accord, a Toyota Camry, a Ford Fusion, right? Uh, it, Any of those yeah. Chevy Cavaliers, uh, it's Impala, whatever they are, whatever they are. Yeah, it's you know, in, unless you're buying a fucking Tesla, then it's a very specific thing, right? You know, it's like you know, it, it takes it, it. It's just another level of it. But we, uh, um, you know, and like with the, the consumer product shit. How much of that shit just ends up on a shelf anyway? True. You know, how much of it just ends up on a shelf where it's like I, I could walk down in my basement. Not me so much specifically now, but I used to be able to I would walk down in my basement. There's a bread maker. And there's a, a stand mixer, the one that I bought that I thought I was going to want, and mm-hmm. it sits there, and then there's another fucking whatever. It's like the convection oven, toaster oven things. It's like all these things that we think we need and, and I, I can tell you, I probably spent a good week on and off in the evenings re- researching convection toaster ovens because I had to fucking be able to do all the cool shit I wanted to do. You know, use it. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I don't know how we got here, but. Um, yeah, we diverted. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. We, yeah, it's. Um, anyways. <laughs> anyway. Any- do you, um, we were talking movies. Do you use Netflix or anything? Oh, yeah. You watched, there's two movies on Netflix that I've watched recently that I actually really like. Which ones? Queen, uh, one was a series. I don't think it was Queen's a movie. Gambit? Yep. Fuck yeah. That, that was, was great. so good. That was so good. That was great. And then, um, oh, I forgot what it was called. Nursing Home. Oh, um, I love you a lot. Yeah, I, I care a lot. I care a lot. That I, fucking movie pissed me off. I fucking so hated her so much. I went through I went through a couple emotions in that movie. Yeah. I went through like hating her. Yeah. And then feeling like I was rooting for essentially a bad guy. Oh yeah, yeah. And then at the end I was kind of pissed. I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? She's going to get away with this?" And then the way in, I'm like, all right, that's what I fucking wanted. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you haven't seen that care a lot, stop fucking listening right now. I, so, just, I, it, I just went through I'm going to spoil it. Yeah. It, uh, so two things happened for me in the movie that were like, so first off, it started out and it's like, okay, good storyline, good actresses, you know. Yeah. The relationship between the two girls it seemed a little unbelievable. Like not like it didn't seem genuine as much. Mm, you know, sure. like they were kind of playing the role. So I was like, eh. The the second girl actor was like, eh, she wasn't that great to me. Um, uh, and it was like, okay, so they're not selling the relationship real hard for me. They're kind of selling this buddy team kind of thing, you know. Um, and then, but the the lead actress, I really didn't like her. I didn't like her attitude, like the way she kind of was shitting on people and taking mm-hmm. advantage of old people like it was nothing. But then the biggest part I had a problem with was when she started whipping people's asses. Like she turned into this fucking like badass survivor woman. Like so the the two fucking goons go to kill her, right? And they beat the fuck out of her and they, and they put her to sleep with a whatever this shit is you put on the rag and they put over her mouth. She goes to sleep. And then they strap her down into the fucking car and then they drive it off into a lake 
and she's drowning in the fucking lake and she's underwater for like 17 minutes. <laughs> it's not 17 it's, minutes. It's fucking so long. And and all of a sudden she wakes up and and she's and she's like she's going to bash through a fucking safety glass rear window of a car just with her foot yeah. underwater. It, it's there's a fucking reason they make those underwater glass hammers things if you like if you need to break a window underwater, you can't the pressure from the water on the fucking glass is so heavy that you can't just break it. It's it's like next to fucking impossible. Like <laughs> you 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 need a superhuman strength to bust a. Fu- and she's like this. She weighs like 112 pounds, and she's like heel kicking the rear window of her car, shatters it, busts it out, and she swims to the surface. And she's like walking down the road. She's this fucking survivor badass. Yeah. It's like you were dead. You were fucking dead. So now she's still alive, and it's like okay, that was hard to believe, but. I'm I'm still with it. I still really don't like her, and I really don't like her now because she's still alive. So then, all of a sudden, she goes from this. She's a like a I don't know if she's a lawyer or what she is, but she's taking care of these old people, and she pushes papers, and you know she talks a big game, but she eats really nice food at restaurants, and she's like she. It doesn't show her doing fucking jujitsu or shit mm-hmm. like kickboxing. You know, you don't see the side of her that's like tough. You know, and then. She she gets on her badass face and she goes into the parking garage. These guys that are three times her fucking size and she just walks up to some dude who's supposed to be a high level security guard and tasers him in the fucking throat. Yeah, it's like, come the fuck on! You're selling me a bill of goods here. Like, at least like have her shoot him from a ways away or something that's realistic. But no, she's got to be all fucking John Wick on this guy. <laughs> and it's like, I had such a hard time with that, bro. Like. At the same time, though, to the compliment of the movie, it bothered me. Yeah. So apparently I was feeling something, and I obviously didn't like this woman, and she's just a fucking movie character. Yeah, she was playing the role well. So so it's a testament to it is a good movie, and it made me feel something. It just pissed me off that they, they turned her into a badass out of nowhere. That part bothered me. Yeah, you like you look into that kind of stuff a little bit more than I do. Just as whole, like, they made her into a very unlikable character. Oh, yeah, for sure. Did you ever watch the movie Gravity with mm. um, uh, Demi Moore? No. Same thing. Like, she goes out in the fucking space. She fucking dies, like, almost, like, Demi nine Moore? times. I think it's Demi Moore. Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock. That's Is it Sandra Bullock? Thank you. Um, let me, let me, and check. I haven't seen it. I just, um, you're, I think you're right. I think you're I've, right. I've seen, uh, like the, the preview of it or the trailer of it. Cause that came out six, seven, five, six years ago. Yeah. It was, no, it was longer than was that. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Um, if Bill was here, he'd be fucking getting off his ass. There's and- a couple, see that this is the problem. There's a couple space movies that came out at the same time that were, I felt similar, like interstellar Martian gravity 2013 was gravity um yeah so i think interstellar and martian were were a little bit after that okay um yeah yeah so anyways it's it's eight years ago so but she fucking she comes on the on the on the verge of death so many times in this movie and it's like fucking just die already (laughs) like 
Jesus Christ. I'm so tired of like, like the first couple times you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you don't want her to and die. It's just and she, overplayed. And then, and then, and all this, like, yeah, she's a scene where she like runs out of oxygen and she's, you know, trying to breathe. And it's like, she's, she's almost dead for so fucking long. And it's right at the edge. And she's, you know, you're fucking brain dead by then or some shit. And all of a sudden it's like the oxygen pours back and she's like, and then, and all this, and then she goes on to do some more exciting shit. And then like at the end, she's fucking fallen to earth in this capsule and she splashes down and the capsule instead of floating in the fucking ocean it starts to sink and so all of a sudden she's gonna die again you know and she's sinking in the ocean the water's coming in and and like she's been through so much shit like her body can't even fucking work anymore because it's been through so much trauma and she kicks her way out of the space capsule sinking into the the fucking ocean yeah it's a hero's journey seven times in the (laughs) same movie and it's like it was like i couldn't handle it i I like I like movies that make me think or movies that um, they don't end how you think they're going to end. I like that too. So I care a lot. Did not mm-hmm. end how I thought it was going to no, end. Yeah. I, in fact, when I thought it was going to end, I was pissed. And then it actually ended and I was happy. Yeah. Um, that's a good ending. That's a good ending. That's a good ending. It's an appropriate ending. Yeah. And I feel like it it, it hits the need that I've wanted the whole movie. <laughs> so it's it's an appropriate ending for like... Because she's supposed to lose. The yeah. bad guy's supposed to lose. True. So there's a movie, um, Mystery Alaska. It's a yeah. hockey movie. Yeah. Okay. And the, the, the storyline is small town up in Alaska. These guys play like this old adult league, but they're actually pretty good at hockey. And they somehow get a national story about their little thing. And they say they could beat any NHL team. Somehow they land this gig where the New York Rangers professional hockey team is going to come to a uh, their little small town mystery Alaska and play them. Okay. And uh, so, you know, drama ensues or whatever, but it's also a comedy. And eventually it gets to that. The end of the movie is the New York Rangers come to play them. And, you know, if you're thinking just traditional movie, that's going to end well, right? Yeah. It doesn't, they lose the game. Yeah. And so it's just like, and it, it, but it's close. So they end it like, Oh, there's this, you're like oh, the epic last the second epic shot, last second bounces shot. Off the- and you're like, yes, they're gonna win. And he fucking dings the crossbar, and everyone's like, oh, yeah. And then it's over, and they lost. And so I don't know. I like that. There's yeah. The it, it, when I was a kid, I never liked that kind of ending, but I I didn't have an appreciation for for the emotional attachment and and the and the appreciation for having someone experience the emotion that the movie creates. Mm. I just wanted the good way, good guy to win all the time. You know, I think uh, most kids like how many how many children's books out there are there where the good guy loses. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, um what was that one during league that Anna Horges um read to the guys? It was about the the um the frog and the and the butterfly. Do you remember that? No. It was like it was so funny because I was not expecting it. Um, first off, that was a fucking sweet day. Were you there that day? I, I, see, I don't think I was there. Oh, okay, so Anna Horges is the librarian yeah, here in town. I, I, yeah, yeah. So I brought him in to read to to be a, our mentor, and so he's like, he's like, how about I read some stories to the boys? And it's like, well, they're a bunch of teenage boys, and I'm like, this could be fun. So he comes in and he's like, okay, everybody, crisscross applesauce, <laughs> <laughs> and and these guys are looking at him like. No, I don't think so. You know, they're pretty tough. 
it's when boxing was pretty big. Yeah. He's like, okay, time to get the wiggles out. And he stands up and goes, everybody march like a soldier. And, and like a lot of the guys were like having fun, goofing off. There's one kid, he was not fucking having it at all. He's like, Mm-mm, I ain't fucking doing it. He's like, okay, do big stretches, touch your toes. And he fucking got up and he left. He's like, I am not going to reduce myself to acting like a child. <laughs> so it was, it was so telling of these young men yeah. and where they were. It was fucking cool. So anyway, he reads a story and it's about this frog who becomes friends with this caterpillar, right? And the caterpillar's up on the fucking leaf and the frog's down on the water and they're talking and they're friends and they have these experiences and then the caterpillar crawls away and the frog's sad because the caterpillar's gone and all of a sudden it comes out as this butterfly and it's flying around and <laughs> fucking frog eats it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so awesome. It's like, ooh, didn't see that coming, did you? And he's like, this is life. <laughs> and it's like, welcome to life. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's a funny story. But it's like, how many kids' books have that real life shit in right. it? You know, right. it's like, it's like Thomas the Tank Engine always fucking saves the day. You know, uh, Bob the Builder, he can always fix it no mm-hmm. matter what. He comes out at the end. It's like, you pump the kids up and you make them believe that good always triumphs over evil. You know, and to a degree, we all want to believe that good always triumphs over evil, but it doesn't. It doesn't always yeah. triumph over evil. You know, there's still, there's evil out there. And, and I think, I think it's okay to see that now and then. And maybe for little kids, like, cause here's the thing, you know, it, it helps people deal with disappointment. Sure. You know, when you're little, if you have to deal with disappointment, like it, it's like, okay, so you get it, you know, it's like, and, but well, life's fucking disappointing. So maybe in the books and the movies, we should just fucking give them the the good stories. But but you're four, so let's just yeah, we'll let you give we'll let you be four. Too. Yeah, Santa Claus is still real. You know, you see, when it came out, did you watch Inception? I did watch Inception. I'm still confused. Was he in a dream or not? I don't think he was in a dream. Okay, I I think that that um trying to remember it's been a little while but i don't I, if i'm remembering correctly i don't think he was in a dream like you mean like the whole fucking thing no 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 like that at the end he spins the top to determine if he's oh if it's real or not i don't remember that part and it, it cuts out as he spins it so you never know i don't know it's one of those other movies though but that one is um that one's a mind fuck that's a mind fuck that's yeah. a fun mind fuck though he's have you seen shutter island uh, once and it was a, like when it first came out i don't remember too much about it that one's a mind fuck too such a good movie bro like like if you want to like it's one of those ones where you watch the whole movie mm-hmm. and you you're you're fucking a hundred percent sure you know exactly what's going on and in the end they're like uh-uh and they pull the rug out from under you yeah. so fucking good and it pisses you off but it's like oh that was pretty good that's how i run my dungeons and dragons sessions oh yeah so I run D and D right yeah. for a bunch of teens and I build this campaign and like we're in, uh, it's March. So that means we're in like month six of this campaign and fully expecting it to take like a year to a year and a half. And it's all these little things where it's like, if they don't pay attention to a very specific nuance, like it's going to come back and bite them two months later. Really? See, yeah. I don't, I don't know D and D at all. It, it, it's a fantasy storyline, right? Yeah. And so they're they're the heroes, mm-hmm. but sometimes without them knowing it, because they're so eager to 
be teenagers and just jump into things, they might be the villains and they might be doing the bad thing or the actual villain isn't who they thought it was. So, and so it's just, I try and, I just try and fuck with them the whole so when that campaign. when that comes around two months later when they realize that they missed a key component like, does it just piss them off jaws drop like fuck see that's fucking awesome that's the shit that's the that's the they feel that's it fun. that's man, well fun. yeah they, they're 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 that is imprinting on them and they'll remember you remember that fucking time when kyle yeah. did that thing when he two fucking months later after we did all that work that was wrong or whatever, you know, it's like, that's the shit that makes you have, huge you have the one kid who's always like, I told you, I told you, <laughs> I told you, you guys it was going to be a lesson. You didn't know. Yeah. I told you motherfuckers there'd be a lesson. <laughs> oh shit, uh, bro. I think, I think hey, it's time, bro. Yeah, man. Hey, I uh, appreciate everyone taking a, a listen on this one. Uh, it's been a good conversation. Oh man. It's been, it was uh, a light, it was a light conversation. Yeah. But, it was uh, light. We, it was good. Had some good, some good fun shit. Um, yeah, you know, shout out to everybody who's listening, who has like any interest in what we're doing. Appreciate yeah, you, you are, all. You guys are awesome. Thanks fucking, for, yeah, it's fucking cool. Thanks, thanks for sticking for with us. Yeah, yeah. This is a, it's a one of the fun little. I really look forward to this. Yeah, like every fucking week, I look forward to this, and this is like, uh, you know, it's um, it's a special thing, and and that we get to share with people, um, and and to hear people have some feedback. Real quick, shout out to my mom. She texted me there and she goes, "What's the name of that group you guys are part of? Is you guys are part of a gentleman's club?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, mom, we are not part of a gentleman's club. It's like the the league." And she's like, "Oh, that's right, same thing." I'm like, "No, no, huh? A little, a little it's, different. It's really not the same thing." And she's like, "Well, we put something on Facebook about it." And I'm like, "Oh, fuck." And I haven't been doing Facebook lately, and it's like I gotta go see what my mom wrote on Facebook yeah. about the gentleman's club. But it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal. No, you guys, you listeners are awesome. I, I we hammer home that we do this for us, but it, it's really fun at the same time to get the feedback and to see people listen. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So, it's good stuff. So I appreciate you, Mr. Landman. Have a wonderful uh, trip, buddy. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll be thinking about you and jealous. I'll send I'll send you a picture, just one though, not like seventy two of me sitting next to the pool. <laughs> With my drink in my hand. Just a drink in your hand <laughs> and your feet in the water. Yeah. No. Yeah. Something like that. But there'll be a drink or two had. Yeah. All right. Peace, brother. All right, man. Later. Later.